This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Project Manga Podcast, where we cover Aliens Area, Sakamoto Days, Mission Yozakura Family, Jujutsu Kaisen, My Hero Academia, and One Piece week to week. Back this week covering Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 38. I am your host, Igoru. And I'm Melian. And uh, as always, before we get started, we would request that you take a look in the description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts, such as Twitter. Online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as links to support the podcast, or I should say the link to our Patreon, if you would like to support what we do uh, even more than you do already by just watching. Um, You can find that there. So check that out. Also, slap a like on the video while you're down there, and uh, subscribe to the channel to get more fire-ass weekly content, and use the timestamps that are down there as well to navigate through the video and avoid spoilers for series you're not caught up in yet. Um, so, with all that said, what a fantastic weekend jump, man. Full weekend jump. Full weekend fucking jump, man. So fucking great, at least in terms of what we cover. Um, what do you feel was the strongest chapter this week, Mello? I feel like I know what you're going to say already. Uh, you know, I really thought Jujutsu Kaisen and Sakamoto Days were what? really good. I okay. know. I love... Like the like major takeaways for like my hero, mm. and normally I'm like yes. That's what I thought you were gonna say. And like it was a really it, it it feels like an even mix, right? Just because of like there's like big major points that you can take from all those things. But I feel like Jujutsu Kaisen like moved me more. Yeah. This chapter, it really like it's like wow. All right. Okay, okay. So Jujutsu My Kaisen. My was or... like, like really close, but Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen was a strong chapter. Um, uh, if you were, if I, you know, if I was nailed to the wall, I don't know. I, I mean, it was a big chapter of One Piece, obviously. Um, you know, the the official end of Wano. Um, My hero was like fucking insane. Jujutsu Kaisen also slapped. Man, it was just, it was a really strong week across the board, really. Like, it's hard to choose one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to have to say My Hero. Only be- no. Yeah, I'll say My Hero. I'll say My Hero. Hey. I was going to kind of retract that and say One Piece, but, you know, I'll, I'll say My Hero just because, and One Piece is like a bee's dick short of being chapter of the week. My Hero just kind of barely edged it out, I think. Hey. So... Anyways, we might as well just kind of jump right into things at this point. So let's get started with the first chapter of the night. Chapter 11 of Aliens Area. You can see me. And um, I love that we're already kind of getting the... I think we talked about it a little bit last week. Um, the, te- the the duo mission with with um, Tatsumi... Or not Tatsumi. Yeah, Tatsumi Tats- and... Um, what's her name? Motherfucking Yume. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Yumiko, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I'm a little conflicted with this chapter, to be honest. And like, I'll, I'm gonna see how you feel about it when I when I put my thoughts on the table here. So, I do love that we're getting these kind of team up missions early on and these little character interactions. Like, I really love that. Don't get me wrong, super super good. But like, I'm I'm a little worried that you know we're gonna be getting a little stagnant with this mundane these mundane kind of missions. You know, I feel mm. like I don't know. Just in terms of the the long-term life of the serialization, you know what I mean? I just hope that we can kind of get some hype, get some hype going, get some like faster, you know, more intense, um, plot lines going here. So I, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I, I feel, feel like I'm almost to the point where I'm, I'm good on these mundane, like I was enjoying them and I still am kind of a lot, but like, I feel like, you know, one or two more and I might be like, all right, where are we going think, with this? You know what I mean? So I, I just, think, I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. I think that they just need to like find their pacing, right? Because it's something that we find in Yozakura that does really well is that they do that like nice tension release cycle of like shifting from like home life to front line, to home mm -hmm. line, to front line, back and forth, and they have these great, like, things. It's a new series. Yeah. It's a new series. I like the concept. It's 11 chapters um, in. It's 11 chapters in. Um, I'm expecting things to, like, start to pop off next chapter or the chapter after, um, simply by virtue of being, like, 12, 13, which is, like... Yeah. Probably 12, because, like, the average volume is... Seven... It's no some some chapters like when I was reading Crows right seven and nine I, I would say uh some some chat series do like twelve chapters a volume like a single yeah like wow. depending on what depending on like the publisher because like when I was rereading Crows for book club I think it was like eleven chapters what publication is uh, Crows out of ah that's a good question I think jump it, I think jump volumes and I don't know this could vary depending on the series but I think jump volumes are typically like seven to nine chapters a volume um let's let's see let's just see if we can does aliens now aliens area probably doesn't have a volume yet does it um Let's Yeah, see. but I expect it to be like on a cliffhanger, right? Yeah, like right, right, right. the 12th chapter, it's going to be like on a big hype cliffhanger. And then second volume or chapter 13 is going to be where like, oh, they're yeah, in the yeah. shit. So uh, the Elusive Samurai's first volume is seven chapters. Mm. That's the Elusive Samurai. And that's the only one I just looked at. Um, and I think either way, it really it works out. If it's a 12 chapter volume, then it would be the cliffhanger for the end of the volume. And if it is the second volume then it's like right in that sweet spot where it's still the end of the volume 12 13 14 you know it's still ramping up to that really hype end of the volume so i think you're kind of right on with that yeah for sure um crows was done by akita publishing okay back in the day yeah so i would imagine maybe the different publication has uh maybe a different structure to their volume uh yeah amount Let's see. It's also an older series, you know, like the whole way we've like compartmentalized yep. chapters into yep. the cycles of stories is very different now. Serialization is a whole different game now. Yeah, and um, it really, I think it really just varies because maybe the first volume is typically seven because Undead Unluck is seven as well. 
but then the second volume is from chapter 8 to 16 so it's eight chapters mm -hmm. and then 17 to 25 which is nine right for the yeah. third volume so yeah i think hmm interesting I think for the sake of its second volume i think that the the damage is gonna heat up a little bit like it's gonna be like oh here's the things where this could possibly go wrong and it's gonna be in the second partner's thing maybe have that like teacher that's like the kendo guy be injured a little bit and they like okay hey we need to combine these things we only have so many people to like oversee your test oh. like i'm expecting because like this seems to be like a side job prior to the test yeah um that's the vibe even if like correct me in the comments if i'm wrong this may be the test and i'm just missing like a few keywords and my eyes skimmed right over that um sight without sight lion-o mm. lion-o i'm fucking dead sight without sight i have glasses for a reason yeah <laughs> um, uh, so i guess on that note i love that we're getting um you know just a little introduction into kind of the versatility of tatsumi's device here the lens mm -hmm. right we're getting to different aspects of what it can you know this uh i believe the the uh what is it what is it what is it what is it i can't believe the i can't believe i'm not activate your equipment thermography no it is the auto where, target when the fuck did she oh yeah she it's the auto target that i thought for some reason it wasn't the auto target it was a different functionality in between yeah the auto target where it makes everything but your target invisible that's something that they, we didn't you know know about it at first which um now i'm just thinking like the limitless possibilities of of shit that could possibly you know be done mm. with these lenses that we weren't initially told about because the first ones we got were the thermography the uh identification and um night vision right mm -hmm. that's yeah. pretty much it and so now we get the fucking the target focus and there i mean yeah like i said the possibilities are limitless so i'm just I so hyped look at that fucking tatsumi chose this and I'm, I'm glad that the dude you know kind of looked out for him um in terms of like saying you know what Fuck it, just go ahead and take that. I'll figure out a way to get it cleared with with the higher ups. You know, normally yeah. this this wouldn't be okay, but you're a special case, okay. so I'm gonna green light it right now and just take the flak later if I need to. Fuck it. Yeah. You know. That was a really tight thing for him to do. And uh you know, just I appreciate that. Cause yeah. like, it's like I think one of the hardest things about like working adults, like I'm an adult. I'm in my thirties, right? Yep, yep. But I've met other adults that like if you give them like a good argument and they'll be like, Oh yeah, no that that makes sense, that tracks, that makes sense, I'll adjust and like you make a solid autogram. But there's some other adults out there that you give them like a solid argument or like, hey, you know, this is a thing and they're like, Nope, rules are rules. We gotta follow the structure no matter what, zero exceptions and I'm like, You just don't know what to do with yourself, do you? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hate those dudes. Yeah, the yeah the 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 by the book really Nancy's the by in. the book Andy's are kind of crazy, aren't they? Yeah, they that's, they that's... really dial it in in like a very specific way. That's like I can't blame you. The uh, but you should be blamed. The, the I'm gonna charge you for every single bag you use at Cub Foods. 
kind of. So one of the previous places I worked at, I had a manager that charged me for the soup I ate. Wow. Job, and everyone else is like, even the cooks were just like, just, just don't tell him. Just, just take it. And it, like, I started taking it, and I took it in front of him, and he didn't say anything. And I'm like, you're a motherfucker, just taking my money. I hate wow, you. Like, what a bastard! Rude as shit. Like, shit. you actually yeah. let me just like, because I wanted to be on my best behavior. It's a new job. I'd been unemployed for a minute, and I was like, hey, I need to put my best foot forward. So I was like, hey. Da, 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 da. It's like, oh yeah, just pay for that. And I'm like, okay, cool, all right, whatever. And everyone's like, why? Why are you paying for that? That that's dumb. No one, no one pays for that. Like, wow, it's soup. It's gonna be thrown out at the end of the day. Who gives a shit? What like, a fucking cuck! Like, why would he right? not just tell you? Like, yeah, just go ahead and take that. What the fuck, bro? Yeah, right. Crazy that's stuff. so lame, dude. Yeah, I would have like, fucking. I would have been like, hey, yo, Rick, what the fuck is good, bro? You let me pay for all that fucking soup. You fucking oh, piece of shit. For real. No, I want, I want retroactive on my fucking check this week, bitch. What the fuck are you talking about? Yo. You owe me 20 soup. That shit would... Yo, yeah, no. Either that or I want the next fucking... Like... I bitch, I'm coming. Manager. I want free meals the next 30. Like, after I work, off shift, I can bring whoever manager. the fuck I want in here and get free food and for the next 30 meals, bitch. However much. You know what I'm saying? No, Fuck. exactly. No, I no, had a last manager. The other one was just like, oh man, I had a manager who was like, oh no, you did a great job. You know, I'm just gonna buy your meal for you. And I'm like, hell yeah. All right, cool. You're the man. I'm out. Bro. But like, you do that stuff. And like, I like that, you uh, know, uh, what's his name? It's like Kuro something. Cause it's an opposite of the other teacher. The investigator, the other investigator, you know? Um, yeah, I'm glad that homeboy like says like, nah, I'll take care of it. Like this makes sense, and yep. I'll explain your situation in a way that like, if they're not just complete like bureaucrats, they'll be fine with it because yep. you know it's a living business. You only have so many workers. You need to work with what you got. Yep, like he's already got the dark cells. He's chilling. Like he just wanted a little augmentation in terms of like his vision, his identification ability. He's chilling. We don't, it's just one less piece of equipment we got to put out and potentially get broken and we have to, you know, pay for another one. So, mm -hmm. what's wrong? Mm -hmm. Nothing. I love We're that. We're chilling. Uh, so, yeah. The thing I liked about this episode was the 512 in the stead of the 711. I love, I love manga that what? have like whack Donald's. You know what I mean? Like in Do Ra Ra Ra, they have Whack Donalds or they have the, the 512. The, the O phone instead of the iPhone. Like, I love when manga are just like, we don't have brand rights, so we'll just make a knockoff version of this thing. Bro, I did not even peep the 512 until you just said something. That it's is my fucking favorite part hilarious, of comics. bro. It's what my the favorite fuck, part of comics. Dude? That's uh, actually hilarious. It's like Beppis. You know what I mean? Like, people were like, oh, I just want some Beppis. Or uh, yeah. I remember this comic where, like, they had, like, it was at a movie theater, and they go and do a movie, and the, the movie poster just said Long King 2, and it was holding a cat, and the cat was off Pride Rock, and it was, like, stretched, like, really long, like the meme. Long was, King. <laughs> it's like, Long King 2. Wimba. <laughs> that boy Long is a bitch, boy. Oh my god, that's fucking crazy. Life. What the fuck? We're getting yeah. off the rails. We're getting I way know, off the rails. I know. 
Um, Absolutely. But I like this that is part a, of This manga. is a fun chapter. You know? Fuck it. Yeah, we're getting it's off the rails one. with this. This is a goofy chapter. So, uh, you know, I guess as long as we're talking about fucking goofy, um, we got this fucking ninja alien who has come to Earth in search of ninjas and, like, lives literally lives every day just training and he steals cat food to subsist himself. Which, He's hungry. He loves it. He's what like, a weird you. ass, just, what a weird, like, it's like the dude who, it's like the alien who was growing just, like, the, the sashimi fucking, the shit for oh, his sashimi. really ugly vegetables. And, yeah. like, poisoning the crops, but he, like, he was like, oh, damn, my bad, bro, I didn't even know. So this dude, he's just, he's like, I'm just trying to live and train, and, like, I gotta eat. And it's, it's, it's funny when I, this shit is just relatable like this, and you're just like, man, this dude's not even really bad, but. Bro, you gotta stop stealing shit. Like you gotta do He's something else. You gotta nerd. figure it out. Like I hit love the him because... hit the homeless shelter or something, bro. Like hit the hit the food line because you can't be fucking stealing cat food all the time. Like it's Have just you not. Have said working at an animal shelter? So... <laughs> they have food. He just can, is. He just is just eating eat all them. the. They're like, we're going through so much cat food. What the fuck? It's like. Nah, they're he's a non. They're a non-profit. Place is spotless. They're this a non-profit though. Spotless, he's just this, eating up all the food. Food's just disappearing really fast. What the fuck? Wow. Are <laughs> we getting new intake of animals? Well, uh, even then, it's like he's gonna eat them out of house and home. They're probably a non-profit little animal shelter, but fuck. I mean, he's a slender little guy. I mean, I feel like maybe he's not eating that much. Who knows? He's you know, a slender a guy. Bag. That's a small bag of cat food. I'm yeah, saying. yeah. It is a small, small little one point two kilogram bag of cat. That's a small ass bag. Alien physiology, man. Their metabolism might just be pretty fucking dope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that in Japan, like, J- Earth is a backwater. And yet, Japan, out of that ba- backwater, is still widely known enough that there are weeb aliens. <laughs> right? right? They're just like, I'm obsessed with ninjas. And it's just like... It's such, it must be like such a niche hobby, right? Like, he's like, I traveled all the way to this backwater galactic, like, wilderness to find one thing about one country and just be obsessed with that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, I, I can't. It's like those weebs that like go to J- go to get married in Japan. My friends actually did that. They're both weebs and they both got married in Japan. Really? Um, yeah, they they did that. They did that stuff. But it's like that times like. Is that like cliche? To thirteen. When you said that, I, mean, I was thinking I might. I should. I might like to do that. That's a cool thing, but at the same time, it's also like a very niche thing, right? Like they're doing it specifically so they can go to like see the Dragon Ball Z museum and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're hitting all of the the nerd stops, you know. They get they're trying to get like a Japanese tattoo artist, and get like a little Dragon Ball tattoo and stuff. They're cool people, love mm-hmm. them to death. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 like that kind of like dedication to like. A nerdy hobby to the thirteenth factor because you have to take into account space. Like, how'd this dude find out about it? Like, how? What's the alien internet algorithm for that? You know what I mean? It's just very tricky. Yeah. And I, I'm like, man. But like, I do like that this one's a harmless one. I feel like that's going to set up a much heart, like one that, like the next chapter it's going to be like a lot harsher and a lot more dangerous but like more suddenly like they're gonna think it's mundane and then it's gonna flip on them 
and they're going to have to like react quickly at the crisis like that is instantly on demand. Right, right. Yeah, that would that would be a nice twist. And I wonder now, like I am curious, you know, you said the the thing you said earlier about um what's his name possibly getting, you know, injured on the mission in some way and them having to merge the squads. I think I think I would like that, but I also, I don't know, I don't want him to get injured and taken out of the story. I want them to merge the squads, though, and I want him to be a part of it. Maybe they take, like, a dual dual captainship in the uh, joint squads. I mean, they could be both uh, proctors for the test. And being like both of the, like, hey, these are your students specifically. You are going to be the one to judge the other person based on their work. That way, you're unbiased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that way, you your focus is absolutely on that one student that is, you know, applying for this new position, right? Yeah. I feel like it's going to be like that. This yeah. is a really cool one. I love how the ninja perceived them as ninjas, but, like, we as the privileged, like, viewer gets to know exactly what happens, and I do like that a little bit. Right, right. Um, yeah, he's like, yo, he, you can see through my concealment? Like, you must be ninjas, and then they track him down and fucking, uh, you know, we get to see how useful the lens is in terms of, like, Tatsumi being able to communicate his location to, um... Yumiko, so that she can then, you know, kind of kick the alien in his fucking face and they can apprehend him. Um, but another thing that I love about the chapter two is just the small moment that we get at the beginning where um, she's a little more experienced than him and she's kind of saying like, yo, bro, you, like, you got to look natural, my G. Like, you're trying too hard. Stay, you gotta, you've been staring at the same piece of gum for five fucking minutes. You picked it up and put it back, you put it back down and picked it up like ten different times. Like, you got to what what are you on yeah. it, bro? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, how do? What is it to look natural? Like I'm I I'm fresh out of fucking the grocery store taking a shift, and now all of a sudden I'm in a, a special investigations unit for aliens. Like yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Come on, you gotta help me out. Like so that was um I don't know that was a he I he wasn't was he wasn't freaking out like that, but it was. You could see him kind of sweating a little bit. Like, yeah. what does it even mean to look natural? Like, fuck. And uh, that was just kind of but a little natural. funny, relatable uh. relatable moment where it's like, man, if I was stuck in this situation, I would probably be kind of floundering too. Like, fuck, man, I'm trying to look cool. I'm sweating beads. Like, I'm fucking literally, like, I'm nervous, bro. Tatsu would never make it as a secret shopper. He's too sincere. Right, right. That's funny, secret shop. You ever work in retail in one of those? Like, you no, that's have... funny that you said that because I was literally just in a trainer's meeting this morning about how, at my job, about how we're going to be resurrecting our secret shopper program. And uh, mm. they were just kind of fielding our thoughts about it. Like, we read, you know, the review that, that it was at one point when it was going, and they just got our thoughts on, you know, questions that could be different, like reworded, you know, questions that could be on there that aren't, or removed that are whatever just fine-tuning it so that yeah no that's funny that you say that and i definitely know all about it (laughs) yeah no i've definitely had like like i had a manager one tell once can't take me aside he's like hey man you did really good with that sleeper shot secret shopper we just got the review and i'm like what secret shopper they're like exactly and i'm like that's terrifying why wouldn't you ever tell me any of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you have to tell me i did a good job that's still scary yeah now people at people at my job are kind of shook about it, bro. Because uh, 
you know, there's a lot of shit that we need to do that, you know, just adds a lot of time to what we do. And a lot yeah. of people don't do it to save that time. And uh, they're probably going to be getting caught up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like levels of oversight that are necessary in every job. But at the same time, there is like that manic customer desperation for expediency. Yeah. Right? They're just like, hey, why is, why is this taking so long? I'm sorry. We make shakes in one side of our restaurant and it plies supplies the to-go side with supplies the the fast food side the dining side and all grubhub doordash and postmate orders i'm sorry Jeez. we have one shake machine doing all of that it's gonna take a second and it comes back in like five minutes and i'm just like yeah it's fine just chill it's just ice cream i get it right right yeah some yeah some people just yeah you get, they're just they just they're just extra <laughs> oh yeah um but yeah, I like the fact that like the auto target makes everything else invisible and mm -hmm. I can't wait for an opponent to like take advantage of that. Yeah. Like, I mean we see cool. we see the drawbacks already this chapter where like he's immediately like, Oh that's so cool and then wow runs into a fucking uh, a, a sign that's sitting there, a metal beam light post yeah. or some shit. Um he's solid. But I mean that is an interesting thing you brought up is enemies taking advantage of it. Um, knowing that he's using it and like dip, dipping and dodging in between, you know, obstacles um, to try and fuck him up. But what I thought when I read it was like, I can't wait for the hype ass moment. Like I can already picture a moment where he is in a crowded ass area with like a bunch of people and obstacles and shit. And he flexes his ability to like memorize that and turns it on and just through that shit seamlessly. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yes. that shit. Yeah. I love that, man. I think it'd be interesting if he gets, like, really good at, like, blink strobing, like, resetting the set, like, activation mm. of his thing. And he's just like, bat, 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 and he, like, tries to focus on, like, flash memorizing things. Yep. He's just like, oh, okay, I see that. There's poles, there's banners here. I have a rock. Auto target. All right, I see his ass. Enhance the arm and shot put away. Right. Like, I want to see a snipe, dude. I'm waiting for it. Uh, arcing shot over the crowd. Bink! Mm -hmm. Smacks him in his fucking dome. Beanbag yeah. champ. Let's go. And, I mean, yeah, like, I know you had already brought up on a past segment, um, wanting to see, like, the parasite uh, parallel where he's, like, using rocks and blah, sniping with them. You know what I'm saying? Ding! Ding! Throwing him, like, bullets with the alien arm. That would be fucking yeah. sick as shit. I mean, even something as simple as just, like, picking up, like, a canned coffee from one of those vending machines. Just being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> launches it like a, a fucking tank shell just boom i know i want to see that happen uh that so would badly. be dope as shit but um, um i don't know i mean, i don't know that i really had anything else for this chapter i think it was pretty straightforward we need we yeah. just kind of get the the shop scene and then the the chase and the apprehension so I, it's pretty straightforward yeah. we get some cool nice character interactions setup. yeah nice little setup chapter yeah Little little mm -hmm. breather, little more, a little more lighthearted, kind of mundane, clean cut. Um, I'd say for cases, you know, yeah. Before we get to the crazy shit, hopefully. But yeah, that's all mm -hmm. I had. Same. Alrighty, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into the second chapter of the night, chapter eighty-three of Sakamoto Days, Genius Style. And uh, I definitely like this chapter. I like the, you know. Um, the deeper dive that we're kind of getting into the 
uh, like you said, new generation uh, trio here. The vibe between them, the dynamic between them in uh, Shin, you know, Akira and um, Siba. Siba. I love the dynamic between Shin and Siba. You know, they're kind of just talking shit to each other, jabbing, jabbing. But then there's also these moments of respect, like we see at the end of the chapter. I envision like a really, you know, um, just, you know, when I, when I, when I try and delve back into like Sakamoto's days and shit with him, with, you know, um, with, uh, with what the fuck? I can never remember the, the past Akira's aunt's name. A cow. A cow. And, um, what the fuck? Why am I blanking on my, like my favorite character's name now too? Nagumo. When I, you know, when I try and envision the times of them, of their past that we haven't seen, you know, I just, I always envision a similar vibe to this, you know. Oh, man. I mean, I totally feel you on, like, spacing on names. There's people I've met, like, a dozen times, and I just have to say, it, it's a pleasure to meet you every time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not very, I'm not super good with names to begin with, and then it's just like, I don't know, it's a lot of series, a lot of... You know, conversations oh, yeah, every week. Yeah. A lot of names to remember. I should remember their names by now because we've been My over them so many people, times man. and I've read, you. you know, all the chapters and shit. So it's like I've seen the names how many times, but fuck, man. I mean, we're both... I'm a sophisticated goldfish. I can't judge. Um, I really do like that the deep dive... There's this one line where Siba is, like, really putting Shin in his place. It's like... It's like watching Sakamoto all these years. I got the sense only third-rate assassins depend on weapons, so I pretty much avoid those. Like, so you think you're first rate, like Taro Sakamoto, right? Like, yeah, that's exactly what you mean. He's like, I love that line. The fastest path to becoming first rate is to accept that you're third rate, and I was like, yes, yeah, yes, humble pie, because. Shin was trying to stunt on everybody he ran into until he got taken down by um, Satota Sensei. Yeah, he was just big dicking his way around the school, like we talked about on the one uh, that where in the one chapter where he like is waiting in the stall. The dude comes in that we see in the um, weapons development department in this chapter. That dude comes in and he's talking shit, and Shin just like fucking bodies him for no reason and is just like, "Yeah, I wanted to get in a fight," type shit. So, nice you're right. He definitely did get a nice little slice of humble pie here between, you know, between Satota Sensei, the last few chapters, and Shin really, or not Shin, but Siba really just driving that point home for him. Like, you're not shit right now. <clears throat> That's really nice. I like that about Siba just because, like, you really need friends that are willing to talk shit to your face. It's like, man, you've been mm -hmm. really slacking. Like, I've had coworkers like, hey man, like step it up, all right. I was like, you're not, you're not bad, but like step it up. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. Like I get yeah. it. The best friends and the best, you know, people for you are the ones who the, will tell you the hard truths. You know, yeah. They'll they'll look you in your eye and say, look, man, you got to fucking figure it out and change some shit, or like you're gonna be stuck in this fire in now, or like you got to step it up at work or whatever you're doing, whatever it yeah, is. Like, like, you know, you there's. Death. There's people that are yes men that, you know, are fair weather friends that will be with you in the good times or whatever, this, that, and the third. And then there's people that will be with you bad times and fucking tell you the hard truths, man. So those are the people you definitely want. So I feel like, man, Siba's a real one. Siba is a real one. And that's the thing. You know, he's not as friendly as, like, other characters. 
but I don't think that's a bad thing because he's like, yeah, when I say something, I mean it 100%, like, all the way through. I mean, not when I'm flattering my upperclassmen, but, like, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we get the dude who Shin beat up, too, this chapter, you know. He, um, <laughs> he's like, he's, you know, Shin's talking shit like, oh, I thought he'd have a bunch of amazing weapons and shit. Like, he was talking all the shit about how he's an ace weapon maker. And the other dude is like, oh, that's not how it works. Like, every invention somebody puts out isn't a fucking a diamond. But he is a genius in the sense that he puts in all this work and just invents, 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 and innovates and innovates and innovates until he does fucking get that diamond in the rough. Like, yeah, there's a thousand, a million fucking chunks of coal over here. But somewhere in that bitch, there's a fucking diamond or two. You know what I'm saying? That he's, that he's just made that maybe nobody realized was a diamond until now, like this glove that we see, where everybody else thought it was like, oh yeah, it's a dud, it's like a delayed action glove, it's fucked up, it's it's bugged. And then Shin's like, this is fucking perfect. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. love that um, aspect of the storytelling in terms of like, really showing how um, how somebody is a genius when they are an inventor, you know? Like, they're just, they're a genius through their pure, like, will and drive and and want to innovate. I think that also genius is not, um, I feel like genius is like, people are like, oh yeah, this is a person that has talent, they're a genius, but at the same time, like, you say that about, like, people are like, oh, this is a genius athlete, and it's like, yeah, they're one of the best, but, like, like all athletes they probably work their fucking asses off Mm -hmm. like and then we don't always get that with like the same recognition for like technologies or shows right like like all through the pandemic like shows were a big thing for animators and stuff and you got to see people and like you could say that see these were some of like genius shows like then you would should say that those animes are genius but people wouldn't say that you know because they're like oh but they put in so many hours to it and it's like yeah exactly that's the whole point like um rock lee you know genius of hard work i feel like that's a more applicable thing than people think yeah i feel like if someone's like oh they're a genius it's like oh you know they're like a genius chess player it's like how many hours do you think they played how right. many hours do you think they played? Like any hundreds, hundreds of mm-hmm. thousands. It's like wow, yeah, it's crazy. Oh man, no. But this is a really cool one because like that level of damage is something Gaku would do in that wall. Yeah, yeah, for he, real. I that's, that's big damage that's, in that wall. That's an equalizer. That's an equalizer right there, and I'm hell of excited for that. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on was I think that some of the dud weapons, the prototypes that he's like showcasing, I think they would be really good to um, like utilize in like setting up Satota Sensei, right? So Satota Sensei doesn't want to kill her students. Yeah. But they're also going to disarm the students. They're also going to, like, shut down their avenues and things. What if they lend one of, like, they use the, the taser. Or the screaming gun. Like, they use the screaming gun to do things. Maybe the like, nitrogen to, like, lose footing and force them to, like, change, like, their throwing. 
or something like that. Um, or like to force him to go to a down different avenue to like have path of least resistance, right? Kind of corral them in. I want I... the I want the Satota Sensei to like disarm like one of the students, grab the taser, and like try to shoot them with it, and just zap themselves. And that's when they hit them with like the big move. Like then they use like the liquid nitrogen, get them so that they can't move out of the way, and then power glove. Yeah, I think now that you say that, the screen gun is like perfect low key. Because Satota Sensei is a teacher, so you can like make her think you're you're gonna up the blicky on her, and she's like, "Oh shit, they're getting serious. They pulled out the they pulled out the gun." Like I'm gonna have to fucking aikido this bullet real quick. So she's like, you know, shoots at him. Nah, she dodges the bullet. Whatever. Behind her, she hears like a blood curdling scream. You know what I'm saying? She thinks they fucking hit a student. So like the teacher in her is gonna like kind of. Unfocus for a second like oh shit and then she realizes in that split second obviously like through perception that it's just it's a scream gun or whatever she's like oh that's a fake ass like nobody's hurt back here but then they can maybe get a hit off on her in the meantime or mm-hmm. you know maybe get get far enough you know maybe she still flexes and like stops them last minute on some hard super hard body shit but then you know respects their uh their kind of intuitiveness in the in the plan and they're they're like she's like okay like i respect the plan so i'm I'm gonna give you all the w anyway i don't know or they're just like fuck it now we got to go back to the drawing board this bitch is a beast again you know what i'm saying yeah i think the scream gun could be a perfect plan low-key i think using the prototypes for failures to get an extra like unpredictable edge like by being as chaotic as possible, there's that chance, like, no matter how organized or, like, your standard operating procedure, no matter how smooth it is, if you just introduce a bunch of chaos, there's gonna be a delay, at least a little bit, in someone's decision-making. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really important. Um, I think Shin has a great trump card. I They noted that, like, his arm was super red. And it says that they turn off the limiter for a brain, but, like, Shin's intelligence is enhanced. Like, his brain is enhanced. So does that potentially offer him a higher potential output for physical damage? Hmm. But then, like, it's just that much closer to that point of not uh, healthy for human amounts of force go full Deku at that point, you know? Right, right, yeah. That's close to that. Those are the vibes I got for sure is, like, Deku-type beat, like... If it's turning off the limiter in his brain, I mean, it should have, like, shattered his fucking arm, you know, with that type of concussive force, but, I mean, manga characters typically have stronger skeletons than regular people, so... We can probably chalk... Yeah, we can chalk it up to that, probably. But um, that is a good question, whether this scales over time, if he gets access to kind of... You know, even more, you would think as his body develops, you know, it all kind of hinges on that. Like, the true muscular strength of your body and the true power of your brain are the things that you can't really access due to those limiters. So, it stands to reason that the further he develops his body, the more force he could get with this um, limit switch, right? Yeah, 
I think there's also another like passive like experiential growth thing that could be attributed to this because it's overexerting his muscles and like they're bright red and stuff and so the, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can t- like do a lot of micro tears to your muscles but when those heal that's why we bulk up when we work yep, out right yep. like we work out we're doing all these like tiny tears in our muscles yep. and then we heal and then we get more muscle so eventually i'm just imagining that he has like an insane grip <clears throat> like the true kung fu action grip just like Ka-ka! grab someone by the face he and... gonna grip them cheeks like <laughs> Man. power bomb <laughs> power bomb yo no yeah he like grips somebody's face and like poof, smashes it like a fucking like a plum yeah because i feel like it's <laughs> like i mean if he uses that glove a couple times like it heals off that it could just help like speed up muscle growth in just one arm yeah then he has to switch to a different arm he's like hey yo seba i'm gonna need you to you know build another one of these he probably might he might tell him you know just i'm lopsided go ahead and build another one you know what i'm saying get give me another give me a left glove you feel me oh that'd be good although this could maybe just be a right arm kind of thing you know that 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 real that right haymaker you know what i'm saying yeah, I mean, honestly, it would be good if he um, had at least, like, the appearance of a second one. It doesn't have to be functional. It could have yeah. a different function. Like, maybe the left hand could be, like, a stun gun or something like that. But it has to look very similar. That way they can, like, fake people out. And it would be that would be great because, like, he's hitting them with the left delayed, like the, or the right delayed... You know what I'm saying? Hitting him uh, with, like, the big concussive force uh, with the right delayed punch. And the whole time he's got that identical left glove, and they're thinking in their head, fuck, he's holding this left. You know what I'm saying? He's like, they're they're like, he's holding this fucking left. They're watching for it, and that's why they keep getting stole with the right, because it's that reverse psychology. I'm not hitting you with the concussive force on the left. You think I'm saving it, but the only one I got is the right. And I just got an identical-looking glove. Little mind games. Plus, like you can do like the the um, the telepathic like see whether where they're going. Kick, hit, quick hit them with a quick like grasp of the like shocking touch. Like just tase them, and as they're like stunned for a second, bam, get them right with the right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> um. That'll be cool. I want to see if Akira gets something cool near the end because. I think she deserves it. Yeah, she would. She's I'd like kind of side character, like sidelined a little bit. She's more of a background, but like she's present. Yeah, I'd definitely like her to get a little something here as well. That would be really cool. I like the the lightsaber that's just fucking bright as shit, too shiny, too shiny to use. Like just blinds the you. LED saber. The LED saber, yo. The laser saber. So, what do you think of the? Um, the order bit that we get here at the end. I want to see how uh, Club Jam like operates because oh, yeah. you can see like the shibari underneath, and like their clothes are very textured, and like the overshirt almost has like that three D hypnosis thing. So like optical illusion, yeah. Optical illusion, hypnosis, power suggestion, like brainwashing kind of stuff. I I can see that happening. 
Yeah. Um, and I like that we get Kashima like really kind of just questioning like, yo, are you sure we can leave this up to a kid? Like we should really probably go in there and just handle this real quick. And, uh, and Slur's just like, don't worry about it, man. Chill. We got a Mane. Like, yeah, you know, he might, he might, he might seem dumb, but he's just, he might be just dumb enough to pull it off. You know what I'm saying here? I like that. He's kind of looking back at himself when he's younger. He's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to nurture these young sprouts, even though, you know, obviously we know it's, it's not the best, not the best, uh, not unaltruistic. Right, right, right. Not the best thing yeah, to be indoctrinated into. Yeah, but he's on a leash right now, according to Club Jam, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what Club Jam has on Amane, if it's like, I wonder now if we get a little bit of pathos in, in terms of Amane's, like, background and what they have on him, yeah. like, if they're holding his family hostage, or, if, or if, I don't know, I mean, it could be any any number of fucked up things when it comes to Blackmail, uh, honey the pot, order. anything. Yeah. Or, or yeah, Honey Pie, like, they could just be like, yo, we'll pay you fat fat bread if you get this shit done for us, see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm leaning more towards something a little more malicious because of oh, the way, of like, even Kashima, when he's like, Kuda Bajem, like, dot, 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 you could tell, in the way he says it with the shading on his face, it feels like he doesn't fuck with Club Jam at all. Club Jam's probably way more sinister than they think. He's not messing with Club Jam at all, I don't think. With the black, like, stark black behind him, like, Kuda Bujem. I can already hear it, like, in the anime, like, Kuda Bujem. You fucking bitch. Man. But, yeah. Um... Honestly, it's nice to see the inside of the weapon R&D, like, department, because... It's. It makes Boiled seem less out of character, right? Like, when he came up with, like, the ball-bearing buster fist thing going on with the pressure fist. Yep. That was cool, but I was like, man, that is a weird tool. Like, I've never seen a, like, I haven't seen many, like, weapons like that that's really out there. And now that we have, like, this weapon R&D team in the school, and I'm like, okay, this makes more sense. I, yeah. I can totally see how Boiled came from that. And we got what's-her-name with the fucking yo-yo saw and shit. Like, yeah, we got a lot of weird-ass weapons in this mm-hmm. uh, in this manga universe. So it is, it is cool to get a glimpse into the, you know, the roots of all that, right? Yeah. Where these people are taught to make the weapons that are as crazy as they are for these assassins that we see. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked about it. That's pretty much all I had for this chapter, though. Yeah, I don't think it was... It wasn't a very super meaty chapter. I mean, I feel like we kind of... You know, we did talk about a lot. You know, obviously the weapon. You know, the dynamic between the squad. I'd like to see Akira get her own weapon as well. That would be cool. I'm sure there's something that would fit her in this fucking massive pile of shit that they're kind of digging through. Scissors. I think it would be cool if she had, like, a whole thing of scissors that could pop apart and to be, like, two tiny daggers. That would be pretty cool to see. She said that, like, her skill set was, like, sewing and stuff. True. So, I think it'd be interesting, because, like, it's basically a dagger, and then you can, like, splay it and, like, stab out both eyes instead of one. Yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah, I think I'm, I don't know, I'm pretty spent on this chapter as well. 
Mm-hmm. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into our third chapter of the night. Chapter 142 of Mission Yozakura Family, Separation. And uh, pretty much goes, I guess, how we thought it would in terms of like Momo, you know, kind of slinking off like the Joker here. You know, he's like, ah, 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 you know, I'll be back, Batman, to, to kidnap more of them when I can. So, let's yeah. not blow this out of proportion. Yeah, right, right, yeah. So he's just like, all right, yeah, I mean, I'm going to just go ahead and dip now before this gets, you know, a little hairier than I expected. I'm going to, you know, kind of recuperate, reallocate my resources, regain some energy. I'll be back to fucking nap up more of y'all motherfuckers later. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, you know he's going to just go mulch some people. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's, yeah, he's going... He's about to go on a seminine harvesting spree, just just a murder spree for real, probably. Mm-hmm. The part that I think is um really uh, nasty is that at first when we were introducing all this uh, like other gold rank spies, I was like, man, that's gonna be a lot of people. It's kind of cool that like we're having like this one-off like parallel dynamic going on. But isn't that going to be like a ton of characters? And it's like now that we're like, oh yeah, no, the the Yosakura siblings are now, you know, mind controlled and the bad guys now. That yep. means they have to rely on the S ranks. And I kind of want to just see what the fuck's up with the other. Like, how do other spies just be badass main characters of their own lives? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I can't wait to see. Um, after this, like you said, I feel like you know. Shura and Ryu are going to be a much more integral part of things going forward. Like, they're going to be heavily involved. You know, probably... <laughs> Ryu's going to be probably staying the night at the Yozakura mansion, like, chilling. He wants to be involved in everything. So, yeah. I'm I'm excited for that going forward, for sure. I'm, I've been a Ryu stan from day one, to be honest. And Shura. There they... Alexander Ryu. Alexander Ryu. Yo, that shit is... That's a fire-ass name. Low-key. <laughs> But, I digress. This definitely is the type of mind control where, like, um, I don't know, they're just, they're probably mentally taking a backseat. So, I can't wait for a moment down the line where, you know, I feel when it culminates to the final end of this Momo plotline and they're really about to beat him and, like, they get Shinzo and Futaba back. I feel like it's just going to be a hype-ass moment where they're like, they're going to be the ones to take him down because they were the ones under control the longest and they just, like, have the most resentment. Like, they've they, they've been in that backseat, like, unable to control their mm-hmm. bodies. They're like, all right, we're finally free. Now you about to get these hands, bro. For real. And, and Futaba and Shinzo are just going to turn the fuck up on Momo. They might not be the ones to, like, take him down finally for good, but I feel like they're going to get a really strong showing against him at some point down the line when they do get the mind control broken. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to see that for them to turn the fuck up, bro. Because I'm trying to see... I want to see Momo just get worked. I'm not even going to lie. He's got a lot coming towards him. Mm-hmm. For real. This is a great <clears throat> villain writing because it's just like, man, I loathe this dude. 
Yeah, for real. That's when you really hate the motherfucker and you want to see him get like beat the fuck up. You can tell that's when it's a when it's great. I mean, we were talking about a a, a show or two ago um, when Noxie was on, just about you know when you really try and think about top five villains in Shonen Jump right now, Momo is up there. Like it's 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 Kenjaku, it's all for one, and I mean after that it's like. Momo, up it's it's Momo, uh, yeah, bro, it's Momo, like One top three. Done. Yeah, I mean Kaido, Kaido's up there, I guess he's top five, but like, I don't know. There's some things left to you know, kind of left to be desired with Kaido in terms of like pathos yeah. and characterization. Like, yeah, he was badass, but you know, there are there's some things the, that are left to be desired. But Momo, man, like, dude, he's he checks all the boxes. He checks all the fucking boxes, Sinister's man. Fuck. <laughs> Sinister as fuck, funny as fuck, capable as fuck, just, bro, yo. And also, it's just super, he's so unsettling. He's like, I'm going to make my family love you. And it's mm-hmm. just like, bro, you should get locked up and put away for a very long time. Stop. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's definitely... He is an incredibly well-written character, and I cannot like, cannot praise that enough. But I also do want to see him get his ass worked on some like I want to see Ryu like whoop his ass on some puri puri prisoner like Angel Rush shit. Like I want to see Futaba hit him with some fucking swirls. Shinzo beat his ass down with the hammer, like all that, bro. All of that. This has to be like gearing up towards like. This is the beginning of like a final confrontation, right? To like get like take back their siblings and like really reclaim them. Well, from Momo. After that, like it's fighting Momo, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is yeah the you know the final. Uh, you know how long this this kind of takes to flesh itself out and you know, finishes is to be determined, right? But I do think this is kind of, this plot line is the impetus to the the end of the Momo stuff in terms of, like, Yozakura family. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like, you know, he'll kidnap these two. He'll probably kidnap a few more, like we talked about, you know, whether or not it's going to be, you know, all of them down to just, like, Tayo and, and maybe Mutsumi left and Kyoichiro. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, however many of them he ends up, kidnapping i think that will then culminate to like a big you know um effort to get them back and then once they're done with that they will you know hit that final battle with momo or maybe he fucking slinks off you know again on some orochimaru shit and is like all right well that didn't work i got another plan in the tuck like always (laughs) honestly that's another aspect that is just so well written because you you never know like you think like if this plan fails, like, is that the end of Momo? Or is he is he literally just going to slink off again and he's got another plan ready to go the next day? He'll improvise until he gets another plan. And then he's going to implement another plan. Like, and, like, he really pulled the Kansas City shuffle on us, you know? He had us looking left, he hit us right. With, like, it's not really the bomb threat that I'm here for. I'm just here to get you corralled into a spot and prepared to, like destroy these like spore carrying sakurando yeah 
my Germinator, you know? Yeah. It's like, and I gotcha. And I'm like, damn, that is so, that is five-headed as shit. Like, I love a villain that, like, straight up declares something, and it's a complete lie. You know? He was like, yeah, I'm gonna blow up this entire place. Lies. Like, that's great. I love that. Because we're so used to, like, the villains are like, I'm a villain, and I'm so cocky, I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. Because I can't think I fail. Yeah. He's like, Momo's just like, nah, I'm gonna do this thing because uh, I'm confident it'll work. Yep, he's like, like yo. played right into his hands. <clears throat> he's like, I am a dastardly villain, but I'm also cunning as fuck. And I've got this shit planned way the fuck ahead of time. So I'm going to tell you this shit, deceive you, make you run around on this wild goose chase for these fucking bombs. And then at the last minute, boom, I'm going to fucking pull the wool over your eyes, deploy my real plan, hit these spores, take over my kids, get the fuck up out of here. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This was the plan the whole time. And have this bomb, as a matter of fact. <laughs> see you later, bye. Oh, see, see you. Peace. Like, yo, have this bomb. Deuces. Yo, ah, 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 slinks out. Yo, that shit was funny as fuck. I'm like, yo, dude. this dude is a fucking menace. But it was insane. Kyoichiro containing the energy of the explosion and, like, yeah. 14, 15, condensing 16. it down to this little tiny fucking ball of, like, explosive energy. Like grapefruit love, and I wonder if this is gonna come back into play because he says I'll have to dis- you'll have to dispose of this later, but I wonder if he like keeps this energy around and like this comes back into play later in some way, shape, or form. That might be a stretch, but who knows? It's like it's a ball of the seminine like explosion energy. Who knows? Yeah, and ooh, because like yeah you can release out the concussive force later but like you can still like collect the scraps off it and like better study like the composition of the sakurambo as well mm-hmm yeah because it's pasted like you you'll know exactly what it's made out of you have plenty of material to study even after like the explosion is spent yeah yeah um, for real so i'm looking forward to that playing factor um, the part that made me really chuckle was near the beat, was about page seven of Koichiro just saying, looking at the flashy black hair of yours irritates me. The Futaba I know looks best when their hair is pure as white as fallen snow. And I'm like, bro, you're calling that flashy. Do do you think you're flashy because you have black hair? Is that is that like a self-grandizement? It's like, nah, black hair's my thing. I look great at it. <laughs> Go back. Right, right. That's funny as fucking. Yeah, she kind of snaps. Snaps back at him like, bitch. Don't tell me how to fucking color my hair. Get the fuck out of here. Hits him with the the snap. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I also love the moment at the end of the chapter here where, um, we get Kyoichiro like, look, you know, yeah, he took him, but that just means we got to get him back. We always get that kind of, you know, obviously we can tell he's probably also really stressed out about this situation and wants to get his family back as soon as possible, but 
we always get that, you know, eldest, eldest son, eldest child, you know, um, kind of patriarch, smooth, calm, collected, stoic, analytical um, aspects of his character where he's kind of the, the grounding mechanism for everybody when they kind of get really flustered and don't know what to do. Kyoichiro's like, look, all we got to do is this, this, and this. It's just objectives to the mission. So we've talked about it before a couple shows ago um, when he was basically telling Tayo, like, this is just another objective added to the thing. And he has to reinforce that again. He's like, look, I know you're freaking out. You're green. You haven't experienced anything like this before, but we're going to figure it out. Like, we're going to get him back. And uh, if not, we'll die trying. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, you see, like, at the bottom of page 19, you see Mitsumi's eyes at the bottom, and I'm just like, damn. Yeah. That last page is serious. I love it. Yeah, we get Shion, serious, Kengo, um... Nanao's kind of to take serious. Kengo jovial a little bit. We get Nanao, you know, his bucket looks like a smiley face on it, but he I looks can. he's got kind of a serious vibe to him. And then yeah, Mutsumi's, you know, steeled resolve in her eyes is just like, yo. Mm, yeah. That Nanao's gets me hyped for what she's gonna say. Like next chapter I feel like she's just gonna be spitting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Oh man. Uh, there's one other thing where Futabo is saying is like, this isn't nearly enough to stop me. You should know better than anyone else. And it, that tracks with Koichiro. Like, the, what was their number one rule? No fighting each other, right? Like, their whole thing was that they, they, they don't attack family. You don't hurt family. And so, like, he's trying not to. He's still trying to follow the family rules because he's like, you're my family. You're, you're acting crazy, but, like, you're my family. Yeah, he, he probably is holding back a little bit now that you mention that, and she, like, easily just, like, swirls up the threads, like, bro, you really thought, like, get the fuck out of here. And uh, that might be kind of an interesting bridge that he has to hurdle is that he really needs, he really is going to have to go all out. He's going to gonna be, have to lean on him. To neutralize Futaba, uh, because she's the eldest daughter. He's really the only one that can step to her. Maybe Shura, but I don't know, you know? Kyoichiro, it seems like it makes sense the most for him to have to be the one to do it. And with them being equals, you know, firm equals pretty much as far as we know, in terms of combat ability, like, he's really going to have to hurdle that, that bridge of... And that mental limiter of, of like, okay, I need to go all out like I'm really trying to kill her right now or she's going to just whoop my ass, you know? So that'll be an interesting thing to, to see in terms of maybe inner monologues during the fight that he's having or, or, you know, what have you. Yeah, I feel like it will have... That's why the other S-Ranks will have to be there a little bit. And then Kuichiro can kind of, like, exist in this background role, helping, like, aiding support and, like, doing, like, puppetry assistance mm -hmm. on Tayo to focus down Momo. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like that's that's where the the thing is. Is like, hey, we're going to go after Momo because I, I, I just can't. I can't hurt them. Yeah. Yeah, now that you say that, it does kind of make a little more sense to me now. Um 
because you know either either they could act as a grounding mechanism for QHRO in that instance where he's struggling to go all out against Futaba. They're like, look, bro, you need to take this shit seriously, like Ryu or Shura, because like she's not a joke. Or like you said, Tayo and Kyoichiro kind of continue their bout against Momo while Shura and Ryu address their. They kind of go. They kind of go against their counterparts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just feel like it would be good because if like Tayo and Koichiro are both like man of the house type, right? Like the new husband, the oldest brother, the one that's been fill- like standing in for that position since yep. Momo was left and like is no was no longer man of the house, right? So I think it's only fair for like this thing where like the antagonist has a possessive idea ideation around the family and believes that they're his kids and he owns them mm-hmm. i think it's only fair that like that kind of like twisted man of the house should be taken down by the two future generations that are going to take care of that have been and are taking care of the house you know what i mean yeah 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 that's a good point for sure for sure i just feel like thematically it's like you know what, like, any sphere that you're in, if you want to, like, squash, like, a beef or, like, any of these things, you have to do it yourself. And you have to be like, hey, not in my space. Like, that's that's on everyone to, like, hold on to. And I think Kuichiro and Tayo definitely get that vibe. Yeah. Well, and we kind of, it's kind of already been confirmed and reinforced to us that it has to be them against him because... Tayo is really the only one that can put serious damage on Momo with his um, his white blossoms or whatever. Yeah. And his combat ability just isn't up to snuff, so Kyoichiro has to be there to kind of puppet him, like you said, and make up for that lack in combat ability. So that's, you know, Kyoichiro kind of already said that when they had their little confrontation with him in the alley. So that that totally tracks, and now that now that I'm remembering that and you're kind of talking at me... Um, I'm 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 thinking more so it has to be Kyoichiro and Tayo versus Momo continuing their bout um and then and then Ryu and, and Shura will kind of address the Futaba and Shinzo situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I was, I'm glad you kind of brought those points back up cuz it made me remember the alley confrontation. I'm, I'm kind of wondering how uh like if Kengo Nanao and Shion uh, also like fall prey to the same thing because like Momo says like this is the most I can control for now so I think it'd be interesting if he manages to snag the other three and then it's Mutsumi acting as like command base and like informing the S- other like gold rank spies of like because, like, their personalities and movements aren't discernibly changed, according to the president. Which means they have the same tactics and same weaknesses. So, like, Mitsumi could lend tactical support and being like, okay, you're fighting this person. This is their fa- These are their favorite patterns going forward. You can use, like, this moment to, like, jump in, pot- potentially. And then that helps give them an ed- inside edge. Because, like, Mitsumi loves their family and would know their idiosyncrasies inside and out, like the back of their hand. Mm-hmm. As, like, the head of the family, they take that kind of responsibilities, like, very seriously. And then Koichiro and Tayo can go against Momo. And I feel like that's how it's going to pan out in the broader spring scheme of things. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, it'll probably take enough to where. <clears throat> I mean, this is just like the tropey kind of shonen, you know, fan in me saying that it'll, it'll probably take enough to where it'll be an even kind of match between both sides, right? Yeah. Um, in terms of the gold ranks, we have uh, Ryu, Shura, um, and I'm I'm trying to disclude exclude Izumo. We have G, Giga, and then the sleeping bag chick and the pantsuit lady. Mm-hmm. That's it. So yeah, I think so. G demon. Yeah. So um, their parallels are like. Obviously, Shinzo, um, Futaba for Ryu and Shura. And then we got, you know, Nanao for the, uh, oh, the, the fucking, I forgot the fucking, the hookah guy. Damn. So we got Nanao for the hookah guy. Um, fucking the sleeping bag chick. I'm, I'm not really sure. Giga parallel Shion. So yeah. my point is maybe they, they take enough to where everybody's kind of got their parallel on the opposite side. Yeah. And then it might get down to just being like, like Noxie was saying, you know, one or two members left of the actual family just teaming up with the gold ranks to get the, kind of the mission done. And I feel like Nanao is going to play the most integral role in, you know, figuring out what the fuck is going on and how to counter it. So he yeah. might be the, one of the last ones to get taken or conversely, because Momo knows that he is going to be the one to deduce it, he would try and get him the quickest. So Nanao might be the next one to go. I don't know. I could see that. I could see that. I feel like it's Xion and Nanao as high priority targets because yeah. of their utility yep, and yep. their ability to fight back from the actual threat. And then we get Hookah Guy flexing his ability to, you know figure out what the fuck is going on after Nanao gets taken. He has to kind of pick up on his research notes and say, okay, no, I got to figure out what the fuck's going on. Because, yeah, we haven't seen anything from him, so that totally makes sense. engineer or something. That totally makes sense. Now, I'm I'm thinking Nanao and Xion are out next because of their utility and their Mm -hmm. their ability to deduce and reverse engineer the, the Sakuranbo and also track Momo's location via technology. They're probably the next ones to go. And then, yeah, we're going to have to get Giga and, and, and Hookah, Hookah guy, you know, taking up that role in, in terms of like the operation. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be, yeah. Yeah. Damn. See it now. Chris, I can see it now. I can't say that that's exactly what's going to happen. Obviously we can't say for sure, but that I can see that clear as day for sure. That totally tracks. Excellent. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. I don't uh, know. I think that's about all I had for same. this chapter. I like I'm the um, the moment that we get between, I guess the last thing is just this this little moment we get between Ryu and Shura, where he's like, if you need to vent Shura, I'll happily spar with you. And she's like, oh, no, I'm okay. But then she sees this, like, this mournful kind of look in her eyes, Futaba. Like, she's just really broken up about Futaba getting taken over against her will, man. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't wait to see Shura. Like, I feel like next time she runs into Momo and Futaba, she is just going to activate, you know? Oh, absolutely. 
Um, I think that based off the pattern we've seen now with the like expansion of Ryu and Shura's um, characters, I think that any character that is expanded on is going to be like the immediate replacement <laughs> of the next targeted Yozakura sibling. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, yeah. yeah, at this point, I don't know who's safe, to be honest, man. It's tough. But yeah, that is all I had for Yozakura tonight. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Well, with that, I think we go ahead and get right into the fourth chapter of the night here. Chapter 194 of Jujutsu Kassen. Sakurajima Colony, Part 4. And um, I like this little bit of dialogue that we get from Naoya here at the beginning of the chapter where he's like, you know, kind of reminiscing um, on a time where like, back to his life as a human, where he's like, man, I could not do any of this insane shit, but right now it's like riding a bike and I just feel totally capable, like this shit is easy, you know, and maybe I could even possibly go further. And his dialogue specifically about how, like, there are children, there are things children can't do that are, like, super easy and just menial for adults to do. And as you grow up, you learn how to do these things and you accumulate this knowledge and you can't even remember a time really where you couldn't do these things. But then you really do think back and you're like, damn, man, when I was a kid, there's no way I could fucking set up a stream on Streamlabs or whatever the fuck, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Or, or lift a hundred pounds or whatever the fuck you want to say, you know, ride a bike, anything, you know. Juggle. Juggle, yeah. Right? No, there is also, like, like, I know that that was, like, the direct implication for, like, what that goes on. And I was like, you know what, I, like, because it's, like, he's experiencing it. And I think it's interesting that he uses, like, the, like, child-adult moment with um because he as a cursed spirit is like you know fresh out of like the cursed womb painting yeah kind of mode so i think that's interesting as well and it's like i just feel like i'm growing up and it's like oh that's that's sinister um there was uh the line on page lines on page two i really thought that was interesting because the what his response to when have you ever been an adult? You think you hooked imply, up with my? It could apply a couple things. Some people were saying like, oh, it's because my is no longer an adult because they are dead, they are gone too soon, that kind of thing. And I'm like, no, no, no. I remember when Naoya said Maki's personality ruins her face and that her and her body is the only thing that she's got going for her. My knows her place as a woman. And I remember that when he said that shit, he was like one of the first, when he was first getting introduced, and I was like, man, I hate this dude. So like using that context, I feel like he uh, forced himself upon my using his like leverage and the power dynamic of like being the head of the clan. Wow. Or like uh, basically the head to be of the clan. Yeah. And like, this clan's misogynistic. It's on the books as being misogynistic. Damn. So, like, I expect that. Um, yeah. I love what we like, got. No, go ahead. If you, if you look... Because, like, if it was, like, if something as simple, like, well, the good die young kind of thing, 
why is the background completely black? Yeah. You know, it's like it's, that's, it's that's supposed to be that ominous. Sinister shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's definitely meant to be like that. So I'm, I'm curious to see what, you know, if we ever get any more expounding of that, if Maki's like, you know, what the fuck did you mean when you said that shit about Mai when they got him on the ropes or something? And he uh, mm-hmm. kind of divulges some sinister sick information and then she kills him with my like bitch what's up Mm -hmm. um but i love we get noritoshi kind of coming back in here and it is kind of confirmed that like his his moves with his own blood are definitely more potent by um now yeah here he's like oh you know he's using his own blood but how's he doing that it's it should kill him expending that much and then we get this cool little bit of this cool diagram kind of showing that he's constantly cycling it back through so that it just kind of keeps 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 the circulation going right that is kind of nasty now that you think about it getting all I mean, outside the ever, dirt have you ever been like in a bio life center like mm-hmm. donating plasma mm-hmm. and they fill you up with all those cold liquids to like help ma- regulate your body temperature and like keep you from dehydrating and passing out. Mm-hmm. That's just like, if you feel like those fluids moving through you, sometimes it's painful, dude. Yeah. All that flow. And then like, imagine him, like I can see why he's haggard and sweating on like page five. It's like he just used like sent out like this giant scything stroke stroke of like blood and then blood bent it back into his body right and i'm just like that is a lot of liquids and also that would hurt like a bitch yeah <clears throat> and um i'm curious to see obviously maki says you know she just needs noritoshi to kind of hold now you off for about five minutes and she can heal her injuries and mm-hmm. then uh she has a plan that she is about to enact which she thinks has about eight to two chances of victory um or of succeeding and obviously yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what the plan t- is but i also think it's very interesting that we see noritoshi this chapter clogging up now um intake port like i thought he mm-hmm. would and now you specifically kind of notes it like oh you blew blood into my inlet what a dirty move you know so that was a cool little prediction that we had on the show um that he would try and you know uh li- you know limit his capabilities in that sense but obviously didn't it didn't work as potently as we thought it would um but quick thinking on noritoshi's part i like to see that i like to see that for sure He's like, okay, yeah. he's taking it in through this little jet stream thing. I'm going to just fucking blow a bunch of blood in there and see what happens. Oh, I'm waiting for it to, like, basically, like, him to do, like, um that blood star mine field where he causes it to condense mm-hmm. and, like, stay in one location. But because it's staying in one location, the turbine that's supposed to spin won't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't he's not making him to blow up. I just imagine him him just like forcing it to stay there. Like a solid brick in the engine. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm expecting. Um on page thirteen, when he does piercing blood and it splays off in multiple directions, I was wondering if that might be normal spots 
so that he does like uh like a blood convergence thing where like he has the blood summon itself back to him and so it just pulls those droplets inside this intake tank just tear through his body backwards towards those spots hmm but other than that i mean it could just simply be like a diffusion like a splash because he's going fast enough to like push it outwards um that was one thing Norotoshi's guy is a, is a sad kid. And like, yeah. it really makes him getting kicked out of the Kamo clan by Kenjaku the hit that much harder. Because yeah. he's like, I have nothing to do but, you know... Give my life. For this clan. And it's like, man, you really got abandoned and like used uh, like a dirty dish rag, man. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the little flashback we get of his with his parents, you know, what would mother say? Would she would she chide for me not becoming the clan head? You know, I failed to create a place for her in the house. Um, but the one who has no place to go is me, you know. And then yeah. we and then we get that quote from him, you know, if no one needs you, then burn away your life. Let my comrades burn away their lives upon my ashes. So I mean, he's really resolved to. To give his life, you know, defending Maki here or, or you know, for whatever purpose Buying he Buying those five minutes. Yeah. Buying the five minutes or toppling Kenjaku or at any point between the two, really, so. What's up with these two crying, dude? <sighs> That's what I'm curious about, too. Like, these are new characters, obviously. They're both... <laughs> they're both crying. And they're both calling out to one another, it seems like, so... I don't know the first sport of choice. The first thing that kind of popped into my head for what reason I don't really know. I don't, maybe they're past sorcerers, reincarnated sorcerers that are brothers. I could see it. They have very similar eyebrows, like surprisingly similar eyebrows. Um. Hmm. Not entirely sure. The guy's got, like, a ring of hair that would put a kappa and a Franciscan friar to shame, you know? I know, right? That dude's, yeah, the ring is crazy. <laughs> the other dude just looks like a distraught, like, Jim Gordon from Batman. Right? Yeah, like that. Yeah, he's old and gruffled like the late series Jim Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I'm definitely interested to see what comes of them next chapter, because it is obviously weird that they're kind of just showing up here like this in the middle of this fight. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm curious. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. Like, It'll be nice. Now yeah, now yeah, and Naritoshi are going to be like, what the fuck? Like, where did y'all come from? Like, what the fuck are y'all doing? And then, I don't know, maybe they just turn the fuck up. What if they just whoop Naya's ass real quick? I mean, they could be, like, trying to prove who which sport's better. And so they're just like, they're like, well, if we can't agree, then why don't we make it a challenge? And they turn Naoya into the challenge. That would be hilarious. And <laughs> then now he's sucked up into their bullshit for a little bit. And he's like, motherfuckers. Right, um, like, this one dude's like, sumo is better. And this dude's like, nah, bro, katanas are better. You know what I'm saying? Sumo, mm -hmm. katana. 
Sumo, Katana. And, and then, yeah, and then they just like this dude starts hitting fucking Naya with some like boom, boom, rah, slamming him. The other dudes cutting him up and shit. Like, yo, that'd be that would be low key fucking hilarious. I I mean, think about sumo. Sumo is that sumo is about standing your ground and a resisting force put upon you. And then katana is about decisively striking and having good reaction times and good angles. And those two factors are literally the reason how Maki beat Naoya the first time. Yep, yep. So, like, I think those guys are going to be reinforcing it, and those are going to be kind of stepping stones to see how much stronger Maki's gotten. Or whatever they've gotten, I don't know. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, this was a good chapter. The only thing I have to say is that part of me believes um, that the 14-15, um, because it is not bracketed in black, it is not a flashback, and therefore it is merely a daydream. Like it is, it is a moment of like his life is flashing before his eyes kind of thing. Where he's, like, having this fantasy of, like, they had a new heir. What, what's that like? Yeah. You know? And I think that's his fantasy of what that is. Um, and then I thought it was kind of interesting that, like, on the kid's beret, it's a little sun. And... The fact that, like, you know, that's his day in the sun. He's the one that lives the golden life. And Kamo is the one that's in the shadows and the branches and, like, in the background. Oh, that is Kamo in the back. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so I feel like for him, it's, like, a fantasy, right? He's, yeah. like, he's seeing, like, imagining the life that could have been that he wished was his, but he knows it's not. Yeah. Because it's not, there's no black backets, you know? It's like, it's not a flashback. It's not something that is, it's something that's currently... Yeah, it's him kind of standing there past. watching what his ideal life could have been. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Sad as fuck. Yeah, I think is. that's his imagined, like, what is the new air going to be like in five years, basically. Yeah. I love the look that we've been getting into Kamo's character lately, man. He's People been getting a lot of on him because he got hit really hard the first time, but like now he's faster than hell now. Yeah, he's faster than he's literally Mach three, three times the speed of light. So what are we talking about? Like Kamo is is definitely holding his own here. He's having a nice showing. The fact yeah, that he can even hold his own hits like that. Yeah, when Maki got fucking bodied too. Like okay, yeah, like he's out here, bro. Annie's been getting a lot of good and characterization. He have generation factor. Yeah, for real. Annie's been getting a lot of good character development lately. Like hell yeah, dude. I'm here for it. I'm loving Kamo. Annie's yeah. got a sick ass new character design, bro. What the f yo? Who? Yeah, no. I no. like his more like Hawkeye style. Yeah. Like yeah. combat archer vibes. Yeah, for real. But yeah, I think that's it's about all I had for this chapter, I think. Mm-hmm. Alright. This was a major one for me. Yeah, this was a good chapter, and I can't wait to see, you know, what happens with these two next chapter. Um, 
how they maybe work into the fight. And then I can't wait to see, obviously, you know, what, what kind of plan Maki has in store for, for now yet. And if it even ends up being necessary with these two now in play. Who knows? But yeah. They're definitely going to give the opening. Great chapter of Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, I wonder I wonder what the fuck they're going to do, man. But yeah. This is a great, like, Noritoshi chapter. And for me, I was like, man, this hits a lot of metrics. Because, like, Noritoshi is, like, a great foil to Maki. Who is, like, physically strong, has all the talents, comes from a good clan. And, like chose to reject her clan completely whereas like he was the one that was abandoned by his clan he's been considered you know a textbook standard solid character without any outstanding accomplishments or talents to his name that kind of thing and i was just like you know what that's a great contrast because like people would call maki a genius of combat especially now Yep. Whereas they're like, Noritoshi's like, is he a genius of combat? I'm like, hey man, when you're fighting with a lot less going for you on your side, going toe-to-toe and lasting those rounds and not getting one shot immediately takes more skill sometimes than just someone who's like really leveled up, has amazing stats, and just powers through blow for blow. Yep, yep, yep. Hell yeah. But that's all I have for jujitsu, though. Yeah, that's all I had as well. So that will do it. All righty. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into dive right into second to last chapter of the night, My Hero Academia, chapter three hundred and sixty-three. Those who defend, those who violate, and. uh Man, this was a fucking shiggy and all-for-one chapter, boy. Holy fuck. Like, it was literally just them, like, talking despicable, just just menacing shit the whole time. Just, just talking good shit, bro. Not the whole time. I mean, we do get some kind of, some some good skeptic shit here in the middle, but, man. This was a villain chapter, if I've ever seen one. Oh, great villain, like, heel turn reversal kind of shit. Love that. Um, I I really like that Dobby managed to, like, mimic, mimic the heat circulation ability. Yeah, that's... But, like, he doesn't have... The cooling aspect. So, like, yeah, he's alive for now. And I'm sure he can, like, raise the heat even higher now. But, like, I don't expect Dobby to live through this. He's the kind of person that would rather die trying to kill someone than let them go away. Yeah. Like, his vendetta's too much. I think that the quirk is what's going to kill him in the end. Yeah, I think I think in the end he probably will succumb to his own quirk, which is sad um, to think about, obviously. But it would be it would be a great end to his character arc to show you know that resolve, just that level of resolve in in his beliefs and his cause. Because um, obviously, you know. 
he's just past the point of no return. Like, even if he does survive, like, what kind of life is he going to live with, like, no skin and shit? I mean, he's already kind of gotten skin grafts, but he's past yeah, the point that he's so ever much. been to the point of his own, like, self-damage with his quirk. I mean, look at page eight. He looks like a ghoul. Yeah, like, he looks like a dead-ass, like a fucking ghoul from Fallout. <laughs> Yeah, straight up. He looks like a ghoul. <laughs> I'm fucking fuck. dead! Oh my god. But, like, he's lanky now. Like, he's falling apart. Like, the thing holding him together is not really there. Mm. He's so elongated. And it's just like, ooh, boy. You're, you're in for a rough time. Thank god you don't feel anything. Yeah, he definitely looks, like, notably, like, lankier. Which is weird. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's because his skin is falling apart. Yeah, weird. Yeah, his body is like, just doing weird literally shit. Literally collapsing. It's he's disintegrating as we speak. He's a charcoal briquette with on legs. But she's gonna take a snap and step and it's gonna snap in half and ash. And carbonized bone. Man. Um the thing that I thought was, like, a lot of people were talking about how, so, man, Shigaraki really said the quiet part out loud. And it's like, heroes are rare braid, and you had no choice but to throw the little rookies onto the front lines. You condemn some to die. And it's just like, the system really was, like, the whole My Hero system was, hey, you have a quirk, you live in a society. Figure it out. If your quirk doesn't make you able to, like, live viably in society, or you uh, have been failed by the system, and you have, like, an antisocial, like, personality, and you use your quirk against others, they, there's not a lot of, like, rehabilitation that's, like, offered for that. I haven't seen a quirk guidance counselor, right? I've seen every other kind of teacher, and, mo like, we are at the Hero Academy... So we mostly see, like, combat teachers, but, like, it is a school-to-legal-enforcement, law-enforcement pipeline these kids have. And, like, what's our solution? Well, we beat them down because they're throwing a fit and uh, we'll lock them up. And it's like, we know that this, like, country suffers from, like, racism and, like, the anti-heterochromia, like, heteromorphic association the ama or whatever the 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 pseudo kkk guys yeah that were like pro like pro humanoids uh, two arms two legs one head that's that's enough for us yeah um that kind of thing so like we mm. know that there's these problems in the system and i think that it really like i appreciate the series for like touching on that not like really driving it home but also like Making a good point because, like, someone was saying, it's like, "Oh, it's Mo Shonen Jump." It's like, yeah, Mo Shonen Jump is a young man being for saddled with a terrible destiny and having to like come to grips with it and fight his way to that destination and hopefully like learn and like be emotionally bolstered by their victories to like withstand the the trials of having to go under like duress and to like move forward um 
That's, but I think that's part of the tragedy of like shonen series that we like in that type of drama, right? It's like it's a tragedy that a young boy so young is saddled with a tr problem so big. You know, we feel bad for Link. We feel bad for, you know, all these characters like the young boy from like Radiant. All of them, you know, we feel bad for them because they're yeah. like, oh, you're too young to really have to deal with all of these things, but you're on the run from the military or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, I think Horikoshi too. Also, this chapter just flexing his, you know, artistic ability in terms of facial expressions on these manga characters. Like page page three, where we get just the perspective shots of like kind of a few different people's faces and in their reactions to this, you know, because this is all still probably just happening within seconds, right? We get best genus, like the absolute shock and despair in his eyes, you know, Mirio, the fierce like rage and just, you know, complete shock there. And then for me, the one that really hits is Aizawa when we get like mm -hmm. his face and then that close up on just like right above Shigaraki's, you know, right mm -hmm. shoulder, just his eye and like the absolute, just, you know, again, despair, like, fuck, I cannot believe this just happened. Like Bakugo, one of his, you know, one of his, one of his, you know, uh, beloved students that he's been culminating yeah. and raising and, and teaching this past, you know, two years. So it's like, for Aizawa, this is probably just hitting so fucking hard. And it and it, you can totally feel that in his facial expressions and the art behind his eye. And I just, man. Ah, fucking Bakugo, man. I'm right yeah. there with him, seriously. Uh, you know, I actually have a theory going on in here. So, on the spread of 2-3, you see Best Genus, he's over them. Top of 3... And his immediate thing is says no pulse. His heart is ravaged, and then you see his his sleeves unswirling. Sleeves are disappearing. I think I saw some fan art on Twitter, and it was this genus weaving glowing threads in the shape of a heart. And I think that best genus will sacrifice like a leg or something to control the muscle fibers in his leg and replace it. Like, create an artificial heart for Bakugo. Damn, like, best genius, you get some cork evolution. Because he can control any fiber. It doesn't matter what it is. Best he, genius? And he's, the one, and he's the one that trained Bakugo, really invested in that kid's future. Him and Eraserhead were like, hey, you're a problem child, but, like, we, we want you to succeed. We want you to adjust to society. We need you... We, we have high expectations for you. We have high hopes. And we will do what we have to to, like, make you a little less feral. Let's go. Best genus. So, like, and that not that just what the heart is? A lump of muscle fibers? I think that best genus can, like, control the fibers in his own body and, like, rebuild him a lung, like a heart. And Fiber then master. Oh, my God. Yes. That is literally the name of his quirk. Bro. He goes through a quirk evolution here and learns to control muscle fibers, bro. That would be insane. And that's He's actually... covered in belts, too. He's got the tourniquet ready. That's actually insane. Holy fuck. Like, that's not very far-fetched in my mind. 
I really liked that piece, and it, like I was like, that would be cool. That would be a really interesting thing because like you can lose your heart, but like brain activity is what's recorded for when you're actually dead because people's hearts can stop, but their brain's still alive, and they'll like try to get the heart pumping again and like save someone's life, and they're like, yeah, I died for a while. And then I like I met a guy. He survived a car crash. He said he died. He said he died. And he's like, yeah, no, but my brain was still going, and that's the thing that, like, kept me alive, is, like, they managed to get all the rest of my shit, like, going, and my brain was, like, still ticking away, and dude's, dude's, uh, not as sharp as he used to be, but he's a living. People survive some wild shit. My uncle, actually, um, Kiko's dad, was like severely beaten by the police at one point to the to the point where he had to get some like major surgeries done and Mm -hmm. uh he got like a a third of his fucking colon removed and uh yeah he died on the operating table like a couple times they had to revive him which is insane might be a little personal very fragile sorry sorry kiko if that was a little too much information but either way the human body is surprisingly fragile but like we survive so much shit yeah, like as seriously. a human species, like we are pers- built to be persistence predators, and like yeah. our big selling point is like we can. We are one of the few species that isn't completely fucked if we lose a hand or a leg or anything or an eye. You know, we're able to like be smart and kind of work with it and work around those things. Yeah, although there is some certain shit. Like to a certain extent, I feel like. Man, we you can't work around it. We're we're teetering on the point of like, I don't know. Should we be? I don't know. Like for me personally, there's things that I'm, I'm like, if I if this happens to me, d- don't just like just let me. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know. Like no. if if I get mauled by a fucking bear and I'm missing like three quarters of my face and like they he bit off my hands and shit. Like I don't know, man. Just let me go. I don't know. <laughs> There's the, I mean, that's so fucked up to say. I'm sorry. Like, but that's a personal thing. That's a personal thing. I mean, I don't give a fuck if I'm ugly as shit. I'm going to live. I want to, I want to live. I mean, it's not even just that you're ugly. It's just quality of life. Like I got no hands. I can't even grab shit. Like I got to eat through a fucking straw. I can't even see I'm blind because he mauled my eyes out, gored them out. Like, oh yeah. That that's like that's like a quality of life thing in turn like in my mind like I don't know I, I like if I'm paralyzed or whatever I got to live in a, in a wheelchair like that's one thing but like certain shit certain shit like I said is you know I'm like mm, I don't know until we got like full bionic capability like nah I'm limping across the finish line man <laughs> that's me I feel it I'm I feel it mangled dude because like. I've I've been hit by like a bunch of cars. Mm-hmm. As like I've been in car accidents like a ton, and it's just like I've come so close to like being just whooped beyond reason. Yeah, and yep. I'm like I'm okay, and I'm like you know what I'll I'll live. I'll figure it out. You know, take that take that and appreciate it. Um, but yes, yeah, to your point, as to your about. point, as far as your point goes about you know the the perseverance and the evolution of the human, you know. And uh, our ability to adapt and survive and thrive, um, yeah, yeah, we are we are the only animal that can do that, which is is crazy, you know. 
That's wild. Yeah. The part that I really liked was Mirko because on page four and five. The grit. Oh. When he, you can see Shigaraki on the first top right panel and he says, Who wants to be another present for Izuku Midoriya? He pops off her arm. Tears it off, yeah. Tears it right off. And then you see her do kind of a crunch. And she's like curling up. And then she has Shigaraki's flesh in her mouth. Yeah, she's, and she's biting like, You tore finger. off my arm. I'm going to tear out my piece of flesh too. Doesn't matter if I have an arm. Like, they got the same energy as that dude from Hoshina, an elusive samurai's unit. Um, if you cut my head off, I'm going to bite your throat yeah. on the way to the ground, that kind yeah, of guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Mirko to a T. Just savage energy. Like, I'm going to fight to the last breath, whether I have to bite, claw, kick, fucking scrape, scream. Like, I don't give a fuck. Spit yo. in your eye from the ground. Very uh, Monty Python, The Dark Knight, but like... Hard body as fuck, man. But yeah, man, yeah. I just like, fuck, dude, what is the scene going to look like when, when Midoriya shows up? And where the fuck is Buddy, man? We have not seen him since the dots. Like, what is going on with fucking Midoriya? Where is the fucking, where is he at? What were those dots? Like, bro. What? Oh, man. Man, so, if he pulls up and Bakugo's just dead as fuck on the ground, like, bro, what's he gonna... Oh, man. Fuck. I feel like that would be a good revival. Because then... Uh, I want to see what that looks like. I'm wondering who's gonna be available that's gonna step up to the occasion, right? Like, Because, like, this is the moment where, like, they really need people to step up to, like, stop the bad guys. And so I'm thinking of like who's who's there that like can and like I don't know any other hacker characters outside of Skeptic except for one, Gentle's partner, La Brava. La Brava. They're like, I'm a master hacker. And I'm just like And they didn't go to jail. They did go to La Brava. They didn't go to jail. Gentle, oh, gentle, gentle took, took the, the rap, took the rap for it. It's like, nah, they're a kid, man. Can't take that kid to jail just because they helped me. Like, they're innocent, I convinced man. them. I coerced them. Uh, it was all me the hundred the whole way. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they're La out Brava. there. They're out there in the wild. La Brava could help. Like. Bra saying, dude, like, if Labrava and Gentle come back into play, dude, I will be so fucking gassed up, bro, and I'm gonna just love it. So, you brought Skeptic up, and this yeah. is crazy because he is hacking into the transportation grid of the segments of UA, and it looks like he's moving the one with the kids in it, based on what we see on the paneling. Right? Um, no. I think what he's doing is he used this ha satellite um, for the main company. He hijacked that, used that satellite to get into access through the, like, Sky Vault, and then through that accessing the UA whole compartments. 
That's what I'm saying. He's he's hacked yeah, yeah, yeah. into like the transportation grid for all the compartments of UA, and it looks like, you know, from what we see, like he's on the screens, whatever he's talking his shit, he's giving his monologue, and then we see the panel of the shaft with one moving, and then it's like the you know the sounds inside the room, and it's this one with the with the kids here in it, you know, Ooh. with uh, with Shoto's family. And all these like school children and shit that are like, oh, we've got we've got five weenies on our side or whatever. And then we get the two people in the back uh, uh, behind uh, behind Todoroki's sister that are on the phones like with the ominous look on their face like, oh, oh shit. yeah, those are sleeper agents, man. Those are definitely infiltrated units from the paranormal liberation front. For Either sure. that or like hero people who are on our side that are in touch with, you know. Somebody that's saying like, "Yo, the system's been hacked." Like, I we don't know oh. where we don't know where you're moving. One of those two, either people on the opposite side that are like, you know, what I'm saying, Ex- execute Order sixty six type shit, yeah. or people that are on our side that just got word that like the system's been hacked. They're bringing y'all who the fuck knows where. <laughs> oh no, I I mean, look at that pallor off the guy on eleven. He does now look like a good guy. The girl looks steely at best, like a cool at best, very steely. I think that they are like minions of the Paralympic Liberation Front. They are getting the go order from Skeptic, and Skeptic is basically bringing all the like shoved away parts of UA, drawing them up through the subterranean root system that they of railways that they've made, bring them to a single place, and just causing a massacre. Yo. Either that, holy fuck, or something else just popped into my head. Um, just reading Skeptic's monologue again, how at the mm-hmm. end he says, all for one, go do as you please, as will I. Um, the dregs of the old order mustn't survive the revolution. Yeah, he's trying so he's to talk- purge. He's talking about the children here like the dregs, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if he's not transporting this thing two all for one so that he can just start harvesting these kids quirks and he's now got like a legion of new quirks that he's got um at his disposal and they're all od quirks because you know back in the um back in the little mini back in the little mini arc that we got from like you know bakugo shoto and uh the one other person or no it was just them two i think that, yeah, it was you the know, provisional t- uh, test license. license yeah, test. yeah, because they failed it and they had to do the extra shit afterwards. Mm-hmm. So they had to go work with these children, and it was like a, it was it was stated back then that like these kids' quirks are fucking od because like you said they're kind of fourth generation whatever their quirks are evolving and evolving because they're mm-hmm. getting you know more and more mixed with other quirks and becoming more and more powerful. So we already know these kids' quirks are like od. You know what I'm saying? Or can be yeah. at least. You know, will be in the I future. Wait. So if, if All for One gets access to these, if he's like, if these kids just get kind of fed right to him and he just rah, steals all their quirks real quick, he's going to have like a whole legion of new ODS quirks, Ooh, you know, at yeah. his at his disposal. So that, that could be another crazy avenue. This That's another one. Because like, I was just thinking of concentrating all those kids so that they can be taken out 
and like the people that clung to Yue, right? Clung to the old teachings of the way of life that they're holding on to. They're like, no, you wanted protection from these guys? No, no, no. We need to get rid of those guys and we're going to get rid of you too for like siding with them. Yeah. Like it's like a political purge of just anybody they view as an enemy. Um, the part that I was thinking about was like, I kind of want to see these kids use their quirks violently to like reinforce that like it's a violent world and that's what forces children to be violent right yeah if you make a peaceful world there's no reason for kids to be violent or to use force on each other but this is the reality that they're making um and i want to see those kids kind of fight for their lives and they've got strong ass quirks so like part of me believes in it plus we've got the todoroki family they may like you know hate their father but i'm sure that they trained some of their quirks as well like, I'm sure they're not going to be completely helpless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. So I'm expecting them to fight for their lives. Um, man, that'd be horrible if, if, if one for all gets, like, all that. Yeah, I mean, that's you know? that's a little questionable whether or not Horikoshi is... is uh, has got the yams to like show like legit kids getting yacked on 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 panel you know um so i'm i'm a little less confident in the in the all yeah, for one stealing their quirks now the training thing, but i definitely feel like those kids are going to have to defend themselves from like these eight these uh moles yeah if they if there are moles yeah yeah um, but I, yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm curious to see what Skeptic's plan with the with him is, where he's moving him to, because he's also talking about Redestro, but he's kind of bought into the Shigiraki thing now because Redestro has. So I don't know. It's hard to say exactly what his plan is with this shit, but man, I'm worried for these kids right now. I'm worried for Hawks and uh, Endeavor. Yeah, like. This is a young, fully stacked one for all. Yeah, all for one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Super confusing. I, that part's always gonna trip me up. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is a His... fully like rejuvenated all for one. I mean, who knows how many quirks he has access to? If he like reverted back to a state where he has more, or if he still kind of has the pool that he had. Um, and he just physically kind of rejuvenated himself. I don't this know. This is a great face reveal, man. Yeah. Seriously. This is a really good face reveal. Like, that really does it for me. Um, I don't know what I expected for All For One's original face. I'm not disappointed, though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, he does look like a callous asshole. Mm-hmm. I saw theories recently that was saying um, that, I mean, and this is kind of a running theory, but it's kind of a little more detailed than ones I've heard in the past. Like, I've heard, you know, oh, Deku is, you know, all for one is Deku's dad or whatever. But I saw recently that Deku's dad's body is the the vessel that all for one is currently, you know, occupying right now. So I was thinking that that could be interesting, but I don't know. I don't like to buy into too many theories I see on the internet. 
But that yeah, was definitely cool. an interesting one. And I have always been really curious about Deku's dad. And I feel like, you know, he might come into play at some point, although shonen logic would dictate that he, you know, he could not just as well. But, you know, a lot of times dads come into play in one way or the other. So I'm still waiting on that, that plot line, which could never come. And if it doesn't, that's not going to hurt the story at all, in my opinion. But um, it definitely could. It's still a hanging plot thread that could be there. So. I, I'm just very curious. I'm just but either way, curious of like the part that I'm curious, most curious about is who's going to stop this like rejuvenated, rewound, all for one. Because it it is not look good. They were struggling with the the old school dude with the life support home for real. Like yo, like endeavors fucked up. Hawks is severely nerfed and also fucked up, <clears throat> and they're like, they're the biggest hitters they got on the scene. So, yeah, like Tokoyami maybe, but like, it's all for one. <laughs> it's all for one. There's a combat experience. This is such a lack. Longer than the Great Wall of China. Like, yeah, yeah. There's just such a hell. gap in just experience and. And, and combat proficiency and, and yeah it's a, this is the this that's the biggest that's the scary one for me like Shigaraki very scary Rejuvenate like we know Deku's pulling also up also very scary yeah just as scary arguably yeah you know? just as scary and it's like yeah just we know Deku way. we know Deku's pulling up on you know Shigaraki and now I'm wondering, you know, I've always kind of theorized, like, what if the what if the dots pulling up to Deku were, like, more heroes, more foreign heroes that are like, okay, Star and Stripe went, and, like, this dude killed her. Papyrus? This dude killed Salam. her. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he's real. like, yeah. we need to get this dude the fuck up out of here, or he's going to take over Japan, and he's going to come for us next. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so... What if it was more foreign heroes pulling up on some fucking type shit? Deku's like, all right, some of y'all go this way, go, you know, help out with this all for one situation. Some of y'all come with me or like all y'all go this way, I'll go this way, whatever type of shit it is. What if that's maybe something that we get, you know, all of a sudden some like some more number one, like top five foreign heroes uh, pulling up on the all for one fight to be like, yo, we're here to assist. You know what I'm saying? How can we help? I, I think that like could be an interesting out. Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely the case because I remember like Salam, the guy who has the papyrus quirk, was just like, "How can we sit back and do nothing? This is all for one." Yeah, like don't sit on this. And then they even said, said like the previous chapter, Deku was smart. He wanted to finish things right away. Mm -hmm. He went right after you right away. You guys let me cook, and that's where you fucked up. Yeah. So I think that like like-minded heroes are gonna show up and kind of like be that like save the day brigade, those like last minute reinforcements that they desperately need. Yeah. Man. What a Brutal fucking chapter. What a fucking chapter for real. Like this chapter. Daunting. Mm. Yeah, I just I can't wait to see all for one turn the fuck up. I can't wait to see what Deku's on. When he pulls up, like, his reaction to the fucking state of things. Oh, man. Are there more heroes that pulled up from other countries? There has to be. Otherwise, like, 
I don't see a way Endeavor and Hawks win this fight at all. Um, I d- yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only thing that I can think of is that like Todoroki and uh, Ingenium can both like like I can imagine our buddy picking up to- Shoto and just hauling ass, and then Shoto like using his cold side to like spray off, create ice in the area, and then let, like, Dobby's heat melt it to, like, minimize the amount of damage they can do. Um, mm. For, like, far-reaching spray. But that's, mm-hmm. that's all I can think of off the top of my head, to be honest. I want to see combo more combo maneuvers. Mm-hmm. Like, the plasma cannon, super cool. Loved that. Was it effective? It is a strange beast they're firing at. They're not entirely sure what the damage resistances are baked into that bad boy. Yeah. 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 That's all I have, though. Yeah, I think that's about all I have for my hero tonight as well. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get into the final chapter of the night. The Peace de l'Existence. Chapter 1057 of One Piece War. The end. And uh, as a lot of people thought, we get um, in the cover story this week, Caesar kind of gas attacking Katakuri and Oven to help the Germa, you know, get away mm-hmm. so that, you know, he can find a way out of the whole Cake Island situation as well. So we're going to get Germa and Caesar teaming up. A little Judge and Caesar action, which will be kind of fun to see, even though we probably won't get much dialogue through the cover story, but it'll be fun to see kind of their dynamic through the art, at least if we do, if it does go much longer. Um, Cause we know that they have a past and that Caesar isn't a fan of judge. Um, so yeah, that'll be, that'll be interesting to see. Always cool. The developments of the cover story. Yeah. They're fun. Caesar yeah. was, was a pretty solid bad guy. I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. Caesar, Caesar, you know, he was a scumbag, but he was, he was a solid, you know, antagonist and villain for sure in that, in that aspect as well. <clears throat> And he had one of the most annoying but also great laughs in One Piece history. Fucking shoot! Oh, no, 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 Shoot! Oh, no, 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 Yeah, that shit. Annoying as fuck. It's right up there with Moria's laugh. I think those are probably top top two most annoying. Is Caesar's and Moria's. Can you think of any other ones up there? The early season... Um... Lieutenant Nizumi, he had a life laugh that went. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, that was stuck as like a little brain bite in my head for years. I was like, why? Why is this happening to me? Wapple was pretty annoying. Um, Foxy is another one. Foxy's mm-hmm. another one. Top top four most annoying laughs. I don't know. Maybe Big Mom, kind of. Just in the anime. I actually, I love it at times, though. And I, at times, I hate it. You know, her laugh. I like it when she's more serious and menacing with it. Like, that shit is fire. But when she's, like, you know, more jovial and high-pitched with it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's that's when I don't really like it in the anime. But, Man, boy- I... Right, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was thinking about what you thought about the intro and, like, how, like, the Kabuki show kind of, like, glosses over, like, 
the real like momentous personal moments that drove these characters and like bookends kind of the story right like it begins like hey we're gonna do a kabuki thing and they do like the little song about blowing over yon onigashima and then it has the end where like they talk about like princess hiori saying the ending the kurozumi bloodline to be free and stuff and that like kind of glosses over like the parts that like really f helped form momo and helped like reinforce his spine when he was like going to be dead dropped by kaido off the top of the building like yeah you gotta be a gutsy ass 11 year old you know yeah yeah um I thought the Kabuki show was fire and like just them yeah. kind of telling these children like, look, you guys have been kind of born into this system and you've been indoctrinated with this kind of false um, perception of what really went down and, and the true face of the people that were running the system that you're that you've been living in. Um, you know, this is how you've been lied to. This is these this is the story of the people, you know, that fought to make, you know, this a reality and what actually went down behind these events. Um, yeah. And just um, telling them like, now you're now, now you no longer have to live this impoverished life of, you know, slavery and uh, hard fucking labor anymore. And you can eat and, and live however you want as much as you want. So I definitely love the Kabuki show and I love, that's you know just the continuance of that vibe you know we've all yeah. we've gotten that kind of kabuki act end theme to all of the parts in wano so it definitely tracks in terms of like this being the ending chapter of the arc for them to kind of sum it up and wrap it up in that way so i definitely love it i really do too i i think about how this guy was the teacher as well so like they're bringing kids to these things and like rapidly teaching them all through this like oral history and presentation and it talks about like how um you know bards and stuff were basically a form of education for those who didn't have the means for that to like yeah. know about the world like right like greek plays were designed to like make commentary on greek society at the time yeah and i i really appreciate the idea of theater as a form of news and that these people through their show are telling history and history is written by the winners you know it's just like hey you know there's a little layers in how that like society perpetuates information and stuff and mm -hmm. like that part of the interplay is like ah i see how those interlock and for me that's really satisfying to see i think that the the play is like a perfect medium to kind of explore that especially in a, like a low technology setting that is wano yeah 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 um so how do you feel about the whole yamato situation Oh, the fact that they said no. Yeah, like, the fact that they're I, not going to be coming. I I thought it was interesting because it shows how Luffy is different than, say, Gold Roger. Gold Roger denied people outright, whereas Luffy is like, 
if you ever ch like say you want to be part of the uh, you guys you're part of the crew we fought with each other your homies like this wano stuff we bonded you're comrades in arms you're brothers to me um so if you ever are down we'll come pick you up but you got to be strong okay like i like that and it's like hey man we're not saying you can't do it we're just saying as weak as you are now, it's not worth it, like, where we're going. Yeah. So, like, I like the open invite. It's a nice contrast to Gold Roger, but also, like, I think it's um a kinder gesture than, say, straight up saying, no, get off my crew, like. And yeah. I think that Yamato... It makes sense that Yamato didn't go immediately and is there to, like, watch over... Momos, Momo, and, like, Wano in general, because they're zoned fruit, the the anthro fruit that, like, turns them into an animal, was yep. um, the, like, great white wolf Okami, which is, like, a guardian deity spirit for Japan. So, like, it's very fitting with, like, their, their abilities. Yeah. It kind of, like, fits that thing, and I'm like, I see it. Yeah. Plus, um, they freeze things. And there's portions of Wano that are underwater. So part of me is wondering if they would freeze the water and then slowly chisel their way through it to new things that they want to rediscover in the old Wano. Hmm. As an option. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, well, there's options there, but I, I, I don't feel bad about it. I like the open invite because of the parallel with Gold Roger. Yep. Um, I love, you know, the moment that we get between uh, Momo and Luffy. You know, we get Momo mm -hmm. obviously pissed off, rushing to Luffy's location, <clears throat> thinking back, you know, to the events of his childhood, his interactions with Kaido you know him meeting luffy their their journey together you know their promises together their 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 um their resolve to take down kaido together and their friendship and mm -hmm. you know wondering why he would you know leave without saying shit and you think about just the time i saw like a, a post on twitter or something or facebook or something that put it in perspective Kinemon and Momo have been integral characters to the plot of the story for the last 10 years. We have yeah. literally been with them for a decade. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> it definitely wouldn't have made sense for them to leave without having this interaction. But it is also totally on beat for Luffy's character to, to just have known, you know, like... Or just be laid back, you know, he's the type of person who lives freely, like, he's just gonna do him, and he's like, well, you're here now, aren't you? And we're talking now, aren't we? And then, yeah, reinforces that to Momo, like, as Momo breaks down to him, you know, he's like, please don't leave, you know, I'm gonna miss you so much. I don't know what I'm gonna do without you, you've been, you know, we've been together for, I mean, in, in the story's time, you know, a couple months, probably, something like that, but for us, 10 years, and... Momo's been like a little brother to Luffy, as he said. Luffy's been like an older brother to him. So definitely felt super good when he handed him the flag and said, you know what? Fly this over Wano. 
anyone who pulls up will know if they're fucking with you, they're fucking with me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a Yonko now. I'm an emperor of the sea. I'm out here. I got stripes. And I will ride for you because you're one of the gang. And like you said, telling them, if you ever want to be pirates, just give me a call. I'll fucking come back and pick y'all up. Um, just definitely feels like a nice little bow on top of the of the Wano, the Kinyamon, the Momo plot line. Um, and I can't wait for them to come back into play in the story later because, you know, Wano definitely will in terms of just Pluton being there. It's linked heavily to the Void Century. Wano and Momo and, and Yamato are definitely going to come back into play later on down the line. Um, so I can't wait for them to, man. And I can't wait to see the growth that Momo has gone through when we see that. If he has a hybrid form by then, that would be yeah. fucking dope. And I uh, mean... Go ahead. So the big thing that I was interested in is the fact that he was given the flag. And that shows protection. Like... Yep. They kind of, like, said it really casually, but th politically, that is a huge statement. Yeah, That no. is a massive fucking statement. Wano is part of Luffy's territory. Flying, flying a pirate flag in face of the Navy, in face of the world government, and, like, saying, like, we are a viable, self-sustaining country yep. that housed a Yonko and is now protected by a Yonko, and, like... Come at us if you really want to. Yeah. And, like, that's a huge political statement. Like, this is, like, wow, you have a country flying your flag. Luffy, you... This is the big time. Like, yeah, yeah, Warlord of the Sea. That's also a big time. But, like, having a country fly your flag is huge. Like, yeah. That'd be, like, Alabasta flying his flag instead of their own. That would be nutty. Um, Which at this point, who knows? They could be, but they don't know because the succession of Alabasta is so up in the air. It's just like because like then other countries can look at Wano and be like, "Hey, remember that guy? That guy really came through for us. That Luffy... guy really came through for us. Like Dressrosa. Like yeah, Luffy he has now destroyed Dressrosa. Yep, yep. Luffy, while it was kind of covered up and said it, actually no, Fujitora um, made sure that it was known. Luffy did it. At that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now Luffy has officially stolen the territory of Tuyanko and also taken part in the um, the downfall of those Tuyanko. He stole Fishman mm -hmm. Island from Big Mom, picked a fight with her, um, mm -hmm. and he fucking walked into Wano, took down Kaido, and stole his fucking territory. So yeah, no, that's definitely a huge statement and a yeah. huge cementing factor in why they chose him to be the next Yonko because he's got stripes, territory, fucking a fleet. And he's also, um, by proxy, stolen territory from Shanks at this point through Bartolomeo because Bartolomeo yeah. walked into Shanks' territory, burned his fucking flag and put a straw hat flag up like, what the fuck is good? So that's... And that's insane. Like, people will perceive that and be like, this guy's popping off in the span of a year. For real. This guy has popped off in the span of a year. Mm -hmm. This guy is going on a crusade to conquest. And, like, Boa Hancock will ride or die for him. Like, I'm waiting for Momo to mature a little bit and be on, like, a Japanese, like, junk-style ship. And, like, 
be in dragon form above the ship, controlling the storm and generating wind to push the like ship underneath him as they fly along. Like, and then like it's crewed up with like scabbards and all these other people that have like been like like told all these stories about the the Ayakashi Nine and yep. like the Luffy's crew, the Straw Hat Pirates, and be like, yeah, no, fuck yeah, those guys are the best. We're gonna ride for them, you know, yeah. like. I want to see that happen. Yeah, you think about this from the perspective of, like, the civilian or or even, like, the Navy. Like, here's this kid who fucking came onto such a grand stage as the, the, as the Summit War. Like, the War of the Best. Everybody, like, Whitebeard's fighting the government to stop the execution of the fucking son of the Pirate King. All these grand players on this stage. This kid fucking just explodes onto there. Makes huge waves. Fucking disappears for two years comes back and like you said in less than a year has fucking mm-hmm. stormed into the new world stolen the territory of a fucking Yonko um stopped like literally the plots and schemes of another one in terms of like the smile and the sad and shit walked into a Yonko's territory taken down two of their commanders stole their fucking poneglyph walked into the territory of another Yonko took them down along with the fucking other one you know obviously with help but and then stole their territory as well. Like Luffy is going crazy, bro. He is literally making massive waves in the world. And like from the outside looking in, it's gotta just be like, holy Cute. fuck. You know what I'm saying? From like an outside like in story outside perspective where this has all happened. You know, we've seen it obviously over a decade. You know, but this has all happened in like fucking six months or some shit like that in the story, yeah. and you're like what the fuck is going on with this fucking dude? Holy shit, like, he's out here. Broke he's out a menace. Max, this guy broke out of a maximum security prison and immediately after a year took over. They're just like, what the hell happened in that prison? Taking he just did push-ups over. the entire time and just came out swinging. Yeah, like this, this worst generation is literally like altering shit on a scale that has been unseen for the last fucking 25 years bro become ungovernable yes oh Luffy, God, yeah. do it so yeah bro we're awesome it's just so crazy to see like these types of waves finally being made by these characters that we've known for so long man it's just crazy mm-hmm. and uh loving the dynamic now between kid law and luffy where they're like they are truly starting to feel kind of like rivals now and i really yeah. do hope that we see next time we see kid and law i hope that we see massive like growth from them in terms of like hockey you know because kid yes. now kid now has seen a glimpse of this kind of higher tier of how Oshukano, you know conquers hockey where you can coat yourself in it um and use rio and so i hope just next time we see because that's been in the back of my mind, like, man, they're they're in this rival type of role, but like Kid really doesn't have Conqueror's hockey, you know, mastery to the level of Luffy yet. So can he really cause like Luffy hits him with Rio and he's out of there. But you know, he'll he'll I'm confident he'll get that growth. And Law, obviously he has the OP fucking devil fruit. Um and he can kind of use his own methods to mimic Rio and surpass those, surpass those durability levels and stuff. So I just really, I, I'm, I can't wait for the next time we see them and the growth that we see in them next time. So, and, uh, funny as fuck, obviously where kids talking shit like, yeah, go ahead and take the port down pussies. 
you know, and they're like, huh? We're taking the waterfall. Let's go. And then, you know, typical, you know, panel where we get the, ah, we're, we're going to die. Ah! You know, from the crew. So that was fucking hilarious. Great moment. Um, macho, and then, yeah, macho, the, macho. I love it. He's such an instigator. He's been doing that the entire time I've seen him as a character. Right, right. Yeah. Love that vibe. Um, and then we get the kind of the ending of the chapter, yeah, where they tell the story of the final culmination where um, Hiori, you know, burns Orochi to death, proclaiming that Kurizumi was born to burn just as Odin was born to boil. Fire ass ending. And then this this bit of narration at the end slapped so fucking hard for me where and I can already hear this in the anime and I just can't wait for it. This has been the saga of mighty samurai regaining their lost glory to shine as before. That's all the time we have today. While our ways might part for now, may our paths cross again someday, somewhere. The end. Ba-bang. Like, yo. Cool. Yo! 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 Dude, I cannot. Dude. Such a fire ending, bro. It's gonna be good. Such a fucking fire ending to the arc. And I know a lot of people feel like, you know, there was a lot of plot lines that were left, you know, not tied up. But, you know, I feel like a lot of that is just, like, headcanon, man. Like, the, yeah, it's war, man. Chaos like, reigns, like... It's, yeah, I mean, I don't know, people are like, oh, Zoro didn't visit Ryuma's grave, da-da-da, like, these other, this part, this part, that part, like... They can flash back to it. We like, got, you know, it. we got all the necessary information, you know, in my opinion, and, and it, you know, maybe some of those plot lines can be revisited later, but, I don't know, man, this is just a classic case, I feel, of people getting getting so tied up and invested Focus. in how they feel things should go that like, mm -hmm. you know, the true beauty of the story is lost on them at this point, which is sad for me to see. Um, yeah. And it's a huge reason why, like I try and stay as uninvested in, in my theories and shit as possible. Like I speculate on how things could go. I, I spit ball. I come up with these, <coughs> these theories and these speculations but at the end of the day man i'm I, i'm i'm the way i want one piece to end is how oda envisions it ending that's how i like when people ask me like how do you want one piece to end i've literally said mm -hmm. like how the author wants it to end yeah how he envisions it ending how he has imagined it ending because that's yeah, the yeah. true that is the true and most pure ending to one piece and I'm not going to, like, spoil that with, like, oh, I think this should happen or, like, oh, this has been set up. Like, the story, I want it to end how Oda wants it to end because that's the most pure ending in my mind. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I feel like, I feel like an author that, like, tries to, like, pander to the and cater, yeah, or, like, no. Like, those, those, like, all, like you're only going to satisfy so many people. And, like, your heart won't be in it, you know what I mean? It'll be focused on, you know, catering to an audience. So, like, that particular subsection of your audience is going to be thrilled, but the rest of it's going to be like, where's the heart, man? Like, I, as long as, like, 
they're like the author's happy with it i know that they're gonna put their all into that dream that they want to see happen and i think that's the most important thing yeah i agree yeah i mean his passion and his heart and his storytelling is is what has brought one piece to the point that it is at now at the end of the day that's the bottom line and so Mm -hmm. like you said if he tries to cater to fans and their theories on what's going to happen and this and that and the third like that passion and that heart is is lost in my opinion and i just want him to just to end it in the way he sees fit and the way he imagined because i know i i am one that believes you know he he's no he's known how this shit was going to end since the beginning and he's known most of these like major plot points from way way back you know i mean we've seen that we've seen points of foreshadowing and, and examples and evidence of it you know like you think back to the the biggest example is the cover uh the cover spread the color cover spread from chapter like 310 that literally shows momo's giant pink dragon form luffy and everybody in like yeah, classic yeah, yeah. wano come out like luffy is literally in his wano armor that he wore at the beginning of the arc the kozuki clan crest is on his leg like all that shit you know he's had these major plot points cooked for you know ready to go for a long time and so i don't want him to spoil the ending of one piece in any way shape or form you know i i want it to be as pure as yeah. possible so i that yeah that you know it got a little tangential there but that's why i like do not get invested in 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 my theories or anybody else's theories no matter how good or credible they seem i want oda to do it how he wants to and how he visioned i totally feel that yeah um i i mean you even touched on like kid and stuff and like bartolomeo and like the flags and also i got nothing like I love how like we get to see the play-by-play moments that like really taught Momo how to like be the person he needed to be. These are moments, yeah. That like this is like you think back to Luffy and Shanks. This is that same dynamic. These are moments that literally have shaped Momo's ideal on on the person that he should be. Like he has learned through Luffy. And, and it kind of shaped his vision of a man and how he should be as a person. And, you know, there's, mm-hmm. in my opinion, there's no better example. I think Luffy, you know, Luffy's a, an incredible person, an incredible character. I mean, in some aspects, you could argue he's kind of a, a shitty person. But at the end of the day, he's just a person like, if you're not going to help yourself, I'm not going to help you. And I don't give a fuck about you because I'm a person who lives freely and, and believes that everybody should live as freely as they possibly can and do as much as they can to pursue their dreams. And if you're not going to do that, I I can't help you. I can't be responsible for you. Yeah. So he's like, I'm just doing my thing. So yeah, like that, that definitely smacked, you know, Momo looking back at these moments that have shaped his ideals, you know, super fucking fire. And it was also hilarious where, Kinemon, where did he fucking say it? On page six, he's like, "You are now the you are now the true shogun of the Wano, Lord Momonosuke. If Luffy does not watch his words, I may have no choice but to cut him down." Like, alright, bro, chill the Good fuck luck, out. Kinemon. Good fucking luck, bro. You'll get your ass gumu gumu no fucking bapped. Like, get the fuck down. Chill the fuck. He's back. so hot headed. 
Like you ain't yo, bro. You couldn't even beat like I don't know. Like actually, now that I think of it, like he's bodying most of the people on the crew. Like, but Sanji and Zoro and Luffy really probably probably Jim Jimbei is where he's he's running into a hard stop. But for anything Jimbei down, I mean, I don't know, man. He just, I mean, he could like. I just feel like the team's so competent that like it's just it's just Kinemon being a hothead like yeah I mean he's just talking classic Bushido bravado yeah oh yeah I may have no choice but to cut him down like we all know he's talking it's it's jokes like you ain't doing shit but no it's funny I was just I was thinking he actually is you know pretty much I I would say commander level you know as as controversial as that might be like we've seen him kind of. You know, it's hard for me to gauge. He's a jack level person, probably like Inorashi, Nekomamushi. They're all kind of at that mm-hmm. low, low commander level, I'd say. You know, which is why I was saying that you know they're kind of that. You I know, Jimbe, yeah, Zoro, Sanji, on, like that's where they kind of hit the hard stop. If Kinemon is like in a protective, like, position, equal to like Yamato, I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Yamada's the stronger of the two of them, but I feel like Kinemon's no slouch for sure. No, yeah, no, yeah. Kinemon is, is not any slouch for sure. He's cut Kaido's fire and done all kinds of crazy shit, so. I don't think he's cut Kaido's fire, but he he's, he has cut fire, and, and he's the person that Zoro stole the cut, uh, fire cutting ability from that in turn cut Kaido's fire, so. He's no slouch. Yeah. That's for damn sure. But I just thought that moment was hilarious. And, uh,. Obviously, just the, the interactions between Luffy and Momo in general were also hilarious. And while while Momo's, while Momo's like tackling fucking uh, Luffy, like, Luffy, you son of a bitch. Yamato's like, Luffy! Like, trying to hug him and, and it's hype as fuck to see him again. You know what I'm I love the turn page where he just breaks down. And yeah. Like, yeah, we know deep down you're a fucking kid. Yeah, yeah. He's eight years old still, mentally, which yeah. is insane. He's got a lot of growing to do, but. I can't wait to see his his growth the the next time we see him. It's gonna be insane. But yeah, I um good sesh. Other than that, I don't yeah, I think that about does it for one piece. Mm-hmm. Shit, yeah, well. That'll do it for this chapter of One Piece, and that will do it for this episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on this video if you enjoyed it. Um, subscribe to the channel for more Fire Ass Weekly content, like we said. Take a look in that description box, like we said before. Down there, you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts like Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as the link to our Patreon if you would, uh, you know, if you wish to support what we do even more than you do already by just watching. Um, yeah, so with that being said, This will be another stupendous episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Wrapping up, I'm your host, Eagle. And I'm Mel Yenis. Peace!